Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Two Guys Watching Wrestling Season 3, which is Nightsticks and Coffins, the big boss man's naughty 1999. Mike Went, Rich Ellison here with you. Rich, how are you doing this afternoon? Um, I'm doing fantastic. I'm having another bout of internal bleeding, mm. uh, just like Ken Shamrock. But yep. uh, unlike Ken Shamrock, uh, I'll be back next week. Uh, luckily your internal bleeding, uh, as I'm looking at you is staying on the inside where it should be not coming out to the outside. Cause that would then be external bleeding, which they can't seem to figure out in WWF. Fun, fun fact is, uh, we've talked about internal bleeding before on the show. We Check have the archives. Check the archives, everybody. <laughs> dubba, dubba, dubba. And, uh, yeah, internal, external, whatever it's rectal. Yeah, it's like if you're spitting blood out of your mouth, that is no longer internal bleeding. That has actually become external bleeding. In, but, you know, whatever. We've, we, again, we've discussed it. It's in the archives. It's a terrible bit that they just won't let go. Um, but Ken Shamrock, man, does he love the taste of blood capsules? <laughs> or his own tongue. I don't know which one. <laughs> no, no one makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> Um, all right, so this week we're covering another episode of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, these are the go-home shows for Unforgiven. Am I right? They are, yes. Okay. All right, so we're going to start off with Raw is War. Uh, September 20th, 1999 from the Compact Center in Houston, Texas. And let's see, where do we start? Oh, of course, we're starting off strong because uh, we have a brand new champion here in the WWF. It's Vince McMahon. <laughs> yes, Vince is back. We found Vince. <laughs> we found Vince. Uh, Vince is back. He's got the, the belt around his waist. He comes out and uh, immediately he's like, yeah, I don't want to be champion anymore. <laughs> because he's not here for WWE business. He's here for family business. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder if anybody was ever like, hey, Vince, that one doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense because your family owns the business. Shut up. <laughs> Details. You're fine. Lick my balls, Bruce. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Vince takes off the belt and he says uh, he's going to relinquish it. Uh, so Vince was champion for what? Uh, when, when did he win? Smackdown or Raw last week? He won it on SmackDown, so uh, right, uh, statistically he is uh, about three and a half days. Yeah, yeah, about three and a half, four days. Solid. He, so Vince was champ for a long weekend. Took it over Memorial Day. Had a party. Cool. And uh, so he's going to relinquish it. And the winner of the Unforgiven Six Pack Challenge will be the undisputed WWF Heavyweight Champion. Well, you said the magic word six pack. Let me get down there and get some beers. Yes, enter Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, who helped Vince win the championship on SmackDown. He has come to the ring because he wants his property, the WWF title. Boy, WWF title really is just a pretty girl at the dances, and everybody thinks they own her. Yeah, everyone thinks they own I'm her. I'm surprised Jeff Jarrett hasn't put her in a figure four yet. <laughs> everyone thinks they own her. Everyone wants to stick their fingers in it. It's. 100% there. Uh, Austin, by the way, with the airbrushed fucking jean shorts. Mm. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to get a testicle to the forehead watching this on, on the network. Um, so it, what I took away from from Austin's outfit was it brought me back because I actually owned that that shirt he had, the, the, sto the black and orange Stone Cold baseball jersey. And I'm like, 
a lot of his his clothes. I'm like, Jesus, because I, I forgot how many Stone Cold T-shirts and shirts I, I owned back in the, the late 90s until I've, I'm watching these again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had that one. I had that one. Then half of me thinks, oh, you know, I, I wish I still had all that old merch. And then I think to myself, ah, you're about 70 pounds heavier than you were back then because you were 19 years old. So, hey, don't it would have been worse if you did own it and you tried to put it on for an Instagram picture and you looked like a fucking mess so let's just stick with the memories how about that mike okay done talking to myself rich <laughs> no 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 I, I i love talking about how big you are because i'm a, i'm a portly gentleman myself and it's funny you talk about the wrestling shirts too because remember really going to like bradley's and zales and all that or zares and they would have the off-brand yep. wwf shirts sure. or wcw shirts would be like the the now it would be like cold stone and yeah you know, the boulder and like all the all this other fucking sure. shirts. They didn't know the licensing to sure. it, but we'd still wear it because it kind of looked like Austin, but he someone put him in a fucking oven. Yeah. So his face is all all higgledy piggledy. We, we'd get them because that. they cost five bucks instead of twenty five bucks. Yeah. If you look quick, it, it, you'll you'll think it's the same thing. So when when Austin comes to the ring, there's mm-hmm. this moment where yeah. Vince and him lock eyes. Ooh. The 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 anticipation's building because this is what we wanted the whole time. Vince shouldn't have left. This whole end of an era bullshit was bullshit to begin with. <laughs> but the magic that they have is just you can it's it's palpable. Palpable, palpable. Close taste it. Taste it. And it was just it's it's so good to see that. It is going to be unfortunate that it's not heel mcmahon face austin we got face mcmahon and face austin i don't like face mcmahon um i don't think vince likes face mcmahon because i don't think he really knows how to do it very well uh because even there was a moment god i I forget what it was um oh it was when because him and shane uh do two different uh like we're getting ready in the back segments, which were interesting because uh, because later in the match, uh, Shane and Vince have to take on Triple H and China in a tag team match. Uh, so there's two segments, two pre-taped segments in the back with Shane and Vince getting dressed for their match. The issue is Vince is dressed completely different in both shots. Like in the first one, he's wearing uh, his his uh, his tight black tank top and he's all greased up. And he's putting on his elbow pads and Shane's telling him, ah, you gotta, you gotta pound him. You gotta pound him. And I just, and Vince just had this like smirk and swagger. He's like, Vince knows everything about pounding. And I'm like, God damn, this guy can't stop talking about fucking. And (laughs) later. So you would think that that, that was the, the first part. He's putting on his elbow pads and he's got his tank top and he's all greased up and he's ready to go about two hours early later in the night. Uh, similar thing. Shane's sitting there, bounce up and down with, you know, Mickey to the Rocky type of scenario. And Vince's hair is all muffed up. He's wearing the cutoff black sweatshirt, doesn't have elbow pads on and is completely dry. So he's wiped all the, the man oil off and, and he's just kind of sitting there and I'm like, it took me aback. So I'm like, what happened? Like they definitely taped this at a different time. I think. It was too, because he came out, and I forget what the fuck he was wearing in the main event. Um, 
but I don't think he was wearing either of those <laughs> those outfits. <laughs> Vince was wearing nothing because he wasn't in the main event. That's right. He wasn't even there. Yeah. That's right. He was locked in the fucking uh, the, the locker room. Yeah. What a mess uh, that part of it was. And what yeah. a mess this whole thing was. This was, yeah. I think they had the script and they dropped it and they didn't know what order the papers went in. And so it seems. Uh, but you know what? I think we've been enjoying uh, these moments a bit too much. So cue Triple H's music for the oh, first of going? many times. Uh, uh, one, two, this is this on? Oh, my God. You know, for, for a song that I love. and You started I, off this show saying this was your this was your favorite. You love this uh, theme song. Yeah. Yeah, not anymore. No, no. It's uh I'm I'm in a situation like if if I ever get kidnapped by terrorists and they need information from me, <laughs> they they just play this song and I'll fucking give them I'll give them socials to people I don't even fucking know at this point. Over this, and over and over. Oh my god, it's fucking horrendous. He and he comes out looking all the fucking S and M. With the fucking leather on there, holy there is shit! So much black leather in the in this fucking whole bit. Uh, so he's head to toe black leather pants. I mean, he's basically dressed like you're hoping the dress minus the fanny pack in Vegas. No uh, fanny packs, fanny fanny packs on. No, I understand that, but he wasn't wearing one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Bulldog he's, took he's his fanny the, pack. He's the game, so he yeah. doesn't need fanny pack. I'm so the lame. I'm the lame. I need the fanny pack. So let's see. He's he's got uh, the black leather boots, black leather pants. He's got the black leather what looks like a dress shirt with rolled up sleeves, and a black leather Harley Davidson patty cap. China, black leather boots, black leather pants, uh, black leather. I don't know, kind of bikiniish number. So much, and then of course their police force behind them, <laughs> like these poor bastards. And, and they have leather. We've been following them for all week. <laughs> I'm so glad they dropped that quickly because uh, the police force doesn't show up to SmackDown. Um, but yeah, they're 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 still here, and we get the the great the great line Austin's trademark line. Got 19,000 people calling you an asshole. Shit never gets old for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Triple H is just. A, a fucking child here. So, the, yeah, but this they, was kind of this was one of my favorite types of Triple H. While while the music is uh, extremely annoying, this type of uh, of of Triple H was really good for me. Um, like him just yelling at the crowd and being all like "fuck you," I don't want to. Like it's it's weird because it, and I always found it weird in wrestling when these guys who who pride themselves on being the champion and being the best never actually want to wrestle. <laughs> If you think about their character, like, yep. <laughs> like they, like every time they're told you have a match tonight, which by the way, as a professional wrestler is your job to have a match. Every time they're told you have a match tonight, no, I don't want to wrestle tonight. I want to be the champion and not have to fight. Jesus Christ. But it's so good. It works so well for these shitty heel characters. Yes. I mean, when I get to Triple H being a baby, it'll come up in a second because he he delivers a line uh-huh. with such intensity that just reminded me of like a like a seven year old child being what was told. It? He goes when when they announce that you know he's going to be in the in the six pack challenge and all that. He goes, 
fine. Just like <laughs> very, very Sabu of him. Deal. <laughs> but he just his face was just in, in in such a position where he was just like he was just like a, a child, like who said no, 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 and then finally gets it. He's like fine. He just <laughs> looks like a little fucking baby. It t- it tickled me uh, uh, very much so. Um, what also tickled me is, uh, did you know that Steve Austin was also uh, a lawyer? Um, I did. He he was in. Um, he was actually in in Charlie Kelly's law school uh, for bird law, uh, which also <laughs> which also relates over to WWE law because the stipulations and the contracts are just as ludicrous as anything you've seen legally in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to, just to bring it all back, the end of the era match with Austin winning, Vince is gone, can't come back. He is cuckoo, cuckoo out of here. Sure. Posada non grata, hasta luego, mi amigo, el caso de queso, gone, right? So, gets involved, family business, he's back, wins the title. I don't want the title. Well, what happened was we learned Linda can't cut a promo. (laughs) Yeah, we we learned that. And just Shane is just such. Stephanie's not quite there yet. Shane has done way too much cocaine. And Linda (laughs) just is a corpse. So we need somebody that can represent this fucking company and have a coherent conversation with. I'm back. (laughs) Well, miraculously, in this contract from the end of the era match, there was a stipulation that. For some reason, Austin put into the contract stipulating that there was only fine one print, person. Fine print, goddamn! Fine print, goddamn! All your high-priced lawyers didn't look over the fine print. Yeah, fine print. He fine can't print. spell fine print. You, exactly. <laughs> so in the in the fine print, there's a clause saying only one person. <laughs> I, I already have. I actually have to punch myself in the balls to do it. So. One one man, one man, only one, one man. Who do you think that S-O-B. man is? Who do you think that man is? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn, Vince, you're back. <laughs> but 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 with the caveat of if you put me in the six pack challenge, I'll reinstate you. So there's a stipulation on top of a stipulation that now in, implicates another stipulation. Yeah, it's like God damn, man. Fine print. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a stipulation inside of a stipulation inside of a stipulation. <laughs> so yeah, so Austin says if you put me in the six pack challenge so I can get back my WWF title, uh, I will reinstate you. Well, Vince agrees to a point. <laughs> so he puts Austin in the six pack challenge. As a special enforcer. I don't know what that means. Mike Tyson was a special enforcer at WrestleMania 14, uh, Austin Michaels. And what it basically means is we don't have a place for you in the match, but you're too big of a draw to not have on the show. So we'll let you come to the ring and hang out at ringside, drink some beers, and then after the match, stun everybody, drink more beers, and send the whole crowd home happy. <laughs> Plain. It's it's probably the easiest uh, at the time. I would say uh, seventy grand he made in one night. I, I feel like you watched ahead and watched Unforgiven. 
I haven't yet, actually. I have not. I have not. I just I know what a special enforcer's role is. I've been trying to get one. I've applied many times on LinkedIn. WWE corporate LinkedIn. Special enforcer. I have the skills. I can drink beer at ringside. Used to do it on TV all the time. <laughs> um, That's explosive. Used to be somebody. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so basically... The the real caveat of this is whoever wins the six pack challenge at Unforgiven, um, Austin then gets to face for the title. So it does kind of work out in his favor because he has to only beat the champion, not five other guys. So it works out for him. Um, you, won't, you won't know something that really pisses me off. This is wrestling on. logic here. When they have these multi person matches, mm-hmm. they always say the champion's at a disadvantage. True. Everyone has the same odds to win. Um, yes and no. Um, it's because math. they all have the same odds. Yeah, math, 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 math's for losers. Um, what you know what they mean by that? The champion doesn't have to lose the match to lose the title. That's what they mean by that. Like they have the same odds to win the match, but but it, if they lose, like you know, now th- this one here is kind of null and void because nobody is a champion going in. But let's say somebody was the champion going in. For argument's sake, let's say Triple H was the champion going into this match. Uh, I forget who else is the other five guys, but I think Big Show's one of them and, and Mankind or, or Joey Abs, one of those two guys. And Joey Abs, J- Joey Abs can pin Terry Taylor and win the title, and Triple H has no say over that. Like, he could be knocked out of the ring, or he could be fucking over with, uh, you know, Joey Abs and Gangrel, and then someone else gets pinned. And, I mean, imagine if that was the main event. That, that, that That's a blockbuster right there in, in Sheboygan. Um, but I just don't that, like this logic. I just don't like this logic because look, if Rich, you're thinking this about is pro wrestling. Lose. Logic is bullshit. It's all about the catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, all about the implication. <laughs> I guess that's the uh, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I still so, don't like it, though. I still don't like it. So uh, Triple H is still hot, hot under the collar, and this opening promo is still going on, mind you. We've been talking about it for about twenty minutes. It went on for what easily forty. <laughs> It was half it, the show. It, it felt yeah, it felt like it was just beyond. I feel like it could have got a colonoscopy in the amount of time that this Probably fucking show. Uh, but Triple H is still pissed, and Vince is pissed at him. But Vince is not. So Triple H wants to beat up Vince, and Vince is like, "I told you, I'm not going to take part in the company business." So he's really towing that fucking line here. And Shane comes out, and Shane says, "Well, fuck what you heard." You're fighting tonight, Dad, and I'm going to fight with you because the McMahon boy is going to get some. Skeet, skeet, skeet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I immediately felt when this happened mm. that Shane was going to turn on Vince. I mean, isn't that always the feeling? I think it's I think that's because I think that's a hindsight thing. I think that's you and me because I thought the same exact thing. Uh, I think that's us in 2021 looking at a 1999 Shane, because we know how many times over the next, I don't know, up until today, he's turned on Vince back and forth, back and forth. Um, Like people talk about the big show making turns. Fuck all that. Shane, Shane turning on Vince is the story of the, of the millennia. It's happened so many times. So that's, I think where your brain is, is, uh, 
is going. Sorry, got a text. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> it definitely set up that way, though. Oh, absolutely. But that's that's also just bad acting. <laughs> Fair. Um, oh, anyway, God damn, my back hurts. <sighs> Arriving to the building in his snappiest Chippendale vest is The Rock. Rock the Dwayne Johnson has arrived, everybody. And there is a, uh, a, a lovely, lovely young woman who's a security guard who is literally as tall as the trash can she's standing next to. And, uh, like, that's all I could focus on. Said it, I mean, she was a very <laughs> short woman, okay? She was about as tall as the Rock's navel, uh, which was on display because of said vest. And they stood her next to one of those big arena garbage cans. And I'm like, they are doing this poor lady no justice by putting something as big as her next to her. And I'm like, all I'm focusing on is like the fact that she's as tall as that garbage can. And The Rock, uh, first of all, this segment, brilliant. It serves zero fucking purpose. Like, it very (laughs) well could have been this woman's birthday. And she just, like... Vince just took a shine to her uh, because she was she was probably an actual security guard at the arena yeah. in Houston, and she seems like a personable human being. You know, when Rock starts doing Elvis, she just starts dancing her ass off, reminding me very much of Sapphire and Dusty. And it was like uh, it had zero fucking purpose. Like the the, the shot is is a standard uh, shot for the time, which is you know. Rock showing up to work late, walking past somebody. Blah, 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 blah. But, it, but usually that's like 15 seconds heading into commercial break. This was like three and a half minutes of Rock and this woman doing shtick. It was wonderful. Like it was a wonderful break from the nonsense going on in the show. Uh, he gives her $100. She starts fucking waving it around. Yeah. Mama's going to the stove. And he sings a song. He tells her about Maylox and her gas problems because she ate pancakes, and it was great. It, it was it was a fun fun little uh, fun little birthday gift for uh, whatever the hell her name was. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't ever Louise. Down. I wrote it down. Louise. Look at you look at you doing your homework. Uh, so copious, yeah, I, copious notes. I'm guessing that was the reasoning behind it. I'm guessing Louise was actually having a birthday, and. Someone was like, you know what? Fuck it. Rock. Do your thing. It, Give her a birthday. It also could have been the very first adult make a wish. Possibly. Possibly. I like my I like my version a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> I like to oh, think well, that, that this this trash can of a woman had a birthday and the rock singer had a song. I like I like to think she's, she's dead in two months. Jesus. Well, she was up there in age. Um, and that, that, you know what? You know what? That, Blue was a good man when Blue was old. And that's what old people do. They die. <laughs> <laughs> Some people die in a cave on Jelly's swimming pool. Some people die <laughs> drowning on their own vagina flu with the rock in front of them. Jesus. Rich is going hard already. <laughs> Fucking five minutes into the show. Anyway, mankind is masturbating in a boiler room, and <laughs> Midian and Viscera are outside. Midian has a brand new wardrobe that is not awesome. 
Um, it is very distracting. It looks like it basically looks like someone made, um, you know, originally I, I, I said X-Pac mostly because uh, my, my joke of Midian looks like Bloatpoc uh, sounded better. But it looks like someone made like a, uh, a get up, an outfit for the road dog, but they made it five sizes too big. And he's like, I can't fucking wear this. I look like I'm wearing goddamn viscerous clothing. And, and Midian's like, I've been wearing a T-shirt, literally the same T-shirt for about a year and a half. Can I have it? Fuck yeah, man. Go ahead. Want to get high? Cool. Let's get high. And that's that's how this outfit came <laughs> to be because it's it's DX green. Like that's just it's it's the same exact neon green piping that DX uses in all the, in all their wardrobes, and it really just took me out of whatever else was happening. Not that Midian and Viscera are wildly exciting characters, um, but it was wildly distracting. Um, like just to to, to armchair uh, fashion design. Midian's outfit here uh, for what he was doing at the time and for his alliance with The Undertaker at the time. Instead of that DX neon green, it really should have been like a like a bright purplish color. And I think it would have been less distracting. Um, not that Midian's wardrobe choices in WWF haven't been more distracting. I mean, we all remember naked Midian. Yeah. Goddamn Dennis Knight in a fanny pack. That's your gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get to get to uh, current day meme uh, comparison, it's uh, like ordering a Power Rangers costume off of Wish.com. There you go. Perfect. I like it. Rich, keeping us modern. Me, being a fashionista. <laughs> I know. Who, who would have thought two guys watching wrestling would turn into Project Runway? I am a very fashionable man. My sweats are only the most designer sweats. Yeah. That I can find at discounted prices. On, I, on listen, Wish. <laughs> I, I prefer my underwear yellow in the front, brown in the back. So I'm There you it. go. There you go. Style. It's called style. Get on our level. Um, yeah. Style and continuity. So what we find out is uh, Biker Taker is sending uh, Bloatpock and Viscera to the boiler room. To the boiler room, I say, where mankind is scrapping one out. And he's sitting there rocking back and forth, having a good old time. And he looks over and goes, hey, Midian, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that was his reaction. <laughs> Fucking I love Mick Foley. I love Mick Foley. Because he just, he literally just kind of looks over like, it's just supposed to be one of those, like, Mankind in the Boiler Room was supposed to be a lot more sinister than it ever came off because of Mick Foley. And he just looks up and is like, hey, Midian, what's going on, man? <laughs> As if they're buddies. <laughs> and then the brawl ensues. Uh, Midian starts fighting man Mankind, then Viscera comes in. Uh, I, I think Big Show gets involved uh, at, a, at a point. Um, I'm not sure how long this thing goes. Uh, it goes a few minutes, but the undertaker is standing outside, uh, looking like a, a father who's three days late for his son's graduation. He, he wants no part of anything. And, and this all finally comes to a head in SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like a video game. The, uh, life meter is just flashing fucking, <laughs> Red at this point. 
Undertaker has literally Mario hopped over every extra life. He doesn't even want them. <laughs> he's he's not taking a mushroom. He's nope. not to, nothing. Nope. He's cooked. No stars, no mushrooms, no green clovers. This fucking leprechaun wants no part of your acid. He just wants to go home. <laughs> he wants to go on his ranch and ignore his ex-wife's fucking text messages. <laughs> and he's six weeks past expiration on this thing. Like, we're leaving that gallon of milk in the fridge. I don't care how bad it smells. I think the problem is, uh, and again, I haven't watched ahead, uh, but Undertaker is obviously booked in the main event of Unforgiven and wants no part of it, obviously. I think that was what they were doing. They were trying to get one more pay-per-view buy out of Undertaker before you know he has to start being replaced in main events by Midian and Viscera. Possibly. Because... I ain't gonna put butts in seats, pal. Sorry. I don't know. If they sold the Midian outfit, I probably would have bought one. I'm sure you would have. I'm sure you buy one. I'm sure you're searching Wish right now for one. I actually am. <laughs> Just, that'd be funny. Just type in Power Ranger. Holy shit, it's Midian. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like. The, so, you know how like Showtime 4 would make like these these versions of like a real movie? Like. They would make like their own version of Saw, and they would oh. call it something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like yeah. some channel in like Uganda made their version of the Power Rangers, and this is what they fucking wore. The funny thing is, I believe, and I'm I'm dipping into my my video store days when I used to run those. Uh, I believe the company was called Trimark Entertainment, and they would make knockoffs of everything. Uh, so. Leonardo DiCaprio's Titanic that you know that remember that movie that little indie that did really nothing um Trimark put out Titanic 2 <laughs> the iceberg's revenge or some such shit and it was like just and they did it they were kind of geniuses in it because they would put it they would release it at the same time that the big movie was hitting uh the video stores and they would name it the same thing with like a two after it so that it would be seated on the shelf right next to Titanic. That way, the fucking rubes who were going into Blockbuster at fucking Friday night were like, would just grab it thinking, oh, well, okay, Titanic, Titanic. Oh, let's, let's have a weekend out of this. And then they're watching it and it's just Julie Strain and her big floppy tits. <laughs> It's <laughs> Backdoor Sluts 9 or Lord of the Rings. Coming in socks. Come on, Eileen. Uh, yeah, I've seen Clerks too. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so that, that was, uh, I believe, Trimark Entertainment was, was the company that did that. One of the companies. They were one of the bigger ones. Um, I forget what the company was. I know um, Jim Wynorski uh, was the director. Fucking, I am such a nerd. Um, but he made a series, uh, I believe there was five or six of them, uh, called the Bear Wench Project. Came right out next to the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> and it was just, it was all your favorite B-movie titty actresses going into the woods and pouring chocolate syrup on themselves. That was the movie. Good, Google it. Well, I'll wait. What, 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 what else are you going to do in the woods besides... Pour chocolate syrup on yourself. I mean, the first one was okay. The sequels weren't shit. <laughs> it's like the, the formula really wore thin after the first one. 
It's like, what happens? Uh, the same broads go into the woods and dump chocolate syrup. I've seen that before. I've already jerked off to that one. <laughs> Give me another one. All those <laughs> movies are the same, too. Like, you have, like, Car Wash Rescue 4 and, like, Broadcast Bombshells. Bikini Car Wash shit. Company, that was that was a champion back yeah. in the Cinemax days. And then I saw something, um, I think, like, right after that one was released, like, a string of those, we need to save this business movie and they would always use the bikini girls uh I, the there was like a gas station one there was a diner one a farm uh, a farm yet all of these places even the farm is located right next to a beach shockingly um and they just yeah it's like some some old fat guy with a southern accent is like the uncle of one of the hottest women you've ever seen and he's losing it because Big Bank is coming in, and Big Bank was wearing his best off-the-rack Sears suit, and he, he also wore glasses. Always wore also glasses. Wore glasses with uh, and with, and was oddly, oddly like model-like attractive underneath it because you knew later in the movie he was going to have to bang one of the girls. Um, so when he pops it off, all of a sudden this nerdy tape in the glasses guy has abs, and it's like, what is? Mm. And yeah, and uh, shocker, they saved the car wash gas station and or farm. The end. Yep. The end. Yep. Uh, and we all we all broadcast bombshells had the news channel that yep. they saved. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 moral of the story is all you need is thirty eight D's and a two piece and a fucking snapper that opens up for fucking any dude with money. Snapper. Oh. Speaking of Snapper, Mr. Ass. God damn it, this guy. Mr. Ass. Uh, he's fighting uh, Chris Jericho. I forget this match. I do remember, though, that <laughs> um, fucking, I, I, it, it took me aback because they are no longer crediting Billy Gunn as badass Billy Gunn. Like, I'm, what I mean is on the lower third graphic, uh, he is just known as Mr. Ass. We've gotten to that point. He grabs all of his taint on his way. Okay, to is that this entrance? Because he comes yes. out a few times too. Yeah, he okay. just grabs yeah. all of it. Like he's he getting ready to roll dice. It looks like he's awkwardly wiping his ass. Like if he's doing yeah. it, if you if you were to do it wrong, like a child who's still learning how to wipe their ass, and they reach down under their balls and wipe all their shit onto their dick graphic but that's what it looked like what he was doing and i didn't understand any of it and all i kept thinking was their core audience is men <laughs> what well uh, as as a man nothing gets me more jacked up for a fight yeah than watching a dude just hand fuck his taint in Rub. front of you know <laughs> it, it's probably well, it, your submission was right, though. He's wiping his ass like someone who's never wiped his ass before. Well, here's the thing. And, and, and I thought about this oddly for an uncomfortable amount of time during this match because the match was nothing um, in story end or anything else. I mean, it was a decent physical match, but it's Jericho and, and Billy Gunn. Of course, it's going to be a good match. But storyline-wise, who gives a fuck? It's Jericho and Billy Gunn. They're on two different things. This is, uh, I mean... This is Billy Gunn, you know, it's it's his version of uh, Ric Flair telling everybody that the horsemen are staying at the Marriott. 
Billy Gunn's coming out there and just showing the ladies what he's got. And he's like, come on. Like, this is basically, this is 1999's version of a dating app for the, for the wrestlers. I mean, we hear Bradshaw calling out the ring rats later in the show. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on a teacher. Very good. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, the, the point of this match was? Uh, Jericho wins. What was the point? Jericho wins. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the fucking point was either, other than showing off the taint and oh. Jericho winning the match. That's it. I mean, the, the, I guess the big thing to come out of this was um, uh, the, I think this is the first time they referred to Jericho's finisher as the walls of Jericho. I think this was Ooh. where, where yes. that happened. So we needed a full match. Uh, with Billy Gunn and Chris Jer- Jericho just to get a name for a finisher. Well, go with yourself. <laughs> so, so after this, we see the uh, the refs outside. Oh, who gives a fuck? So, I, I these guys I are wasting. Re- you know, th- this this fucking protest or strike or whatever the hell it is, they're pissing away their fucking retirement, traveling to all these cities. Because you know what? What the hell, man. Don't, doesn't, don't they have, like, a local referees union that can represent them? At the end of the day, ref lives matter, okay? And, you know, we, we, have, have, we haven't been running it down either. Um, what, what, one, two, three ain't for me. This is the signs. One, okay. two, three ain't for me. Uh, we don't go down for the count. And uh, Delicious. no protection, no ref. Oh, just the innuendos are fucking terrible. Also, I just realized uh, Chris Jericho, Billy Gum. First match of the night. We're almost yeah. an hour into the show. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's promo promo boiler room make a wish. Holy shit. Power Ranger bullshit. Tank grabbing. Um Dr. Tom Pritchard was a special guest referee, or I should say the the what would they call it? Not not scab. Scab's not the right word, right? No, scab. Is it? Yeah. Because isn't a, isn't a scab like a guy who crosses the picket line? No, I guess no, scab I, uh, is like a replacement ref. Okay, replacement. Then, then scab is correct. Okay, yeah. So scab so, is also you pick off and blow. I know what an actual one is. Don't gross everybody out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one thing we said. That's now. the line, that's Rich. The we found that's... our line. We don't step over lines. That's icky. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, blood. Ew. Why would anybody pick a scab? I did it so many times as a kid too. Skin my knee. <laughs> Pick that motherfucker off. <laughs> no, we talked about me choking on diarrhea after slipping on a loofah. And me talking about picking a scab and eating it. Is now Did we? Much. Yeah, like three weeks ago. It's in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big market tease. That's an explosive big Diarrhea, cha cha cha. It's in the archives, everybody. Um, so yeah, Dr. Tom was the uh, scab referee for the Billy Gunn-Chris Jericho match. Um... Undertaker um, is still riding on on the fact that he thinks he's Marcellus Wallace. Uh, tells Michael Cole that he's going to lose his Texas Houston privileges or whatever the fuck he says. Stop it. Stop it. Because he, here's the problem I have with this Undertaker. He can't decide what he wants to be. Like, he's, 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 the personality coming through is very American badass Mark Calloway Undertaker. But he's still doing it in the voice and tone of evil magic undertaker and it really sucks 
when he does commentary for a match. Is it this one or yes, it's it's later in this show here where it's yeah. just it's one of the most cartoonish fucking things ever. Uh, but I can't wait to get there anyway. Uh, he talks about the rock and his, uh, his joke writers, uh, your butts writing checks. You can't cash. Um, one thing I have a problem with in general, (laughs) one one thing I have a problem with is in the same promo, he used ass and butt pick a side. You know what I mean? If it's going to be ass, go ass all the way. If it's going to be butt, go butt all the way. Pick one. Go the this this flippy floppy of uh, ass and butt. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of. Well, again, the Undertaker can't figure out who who this guy is right now. More importantly, and what he is definitely set on is that he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> no, no, he just, does not want to be here, and has a large collection of Black Label Society T-shirts. He is just missing family function after family <laughs> function. <laughs> and he's just not knowing what to do with himself. And he knows. Deadbeat dad morning, taker. <laughs> Christmas morning, all he's getting is fucking socks. Oh, my God. Worst. Um, okay. So Ivory comes I love over, you, right? Dad. I made you this tie. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what I did. <laughs> I use. Uh, I think it's it too early to start drinking. <laughs> I know it has Cheeto dust and broken promises on it, but it's something. It's something I you love, love the broken promises. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Ivory comes to the ring. Um, whew. there's um, yeah, wow. You know, Ivory's. Uh, we, we, we've sang the praises of Ivory over and over again, and and the promo isn't. Um, it's not bad. It's just super racist. <laughs> like, what do you, wow, what do you mean? Does she really lay in to uh, Mexican people in Texas. Wow, is it rough? Yeah. Anywho. Hey, most people like rodents and roaches in there. Wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's just things you forget. And, like, it was it was the 90s. It was the late 90s. You know, things be racist. It is what it is. Um, anyway, she calls a, a, uh, a, a Latino woman out of the crowd. She's sitting front row. In one of the uh, best disguises ever. I mean, she might as well have been wearing Groucho Marx glasses. And <laughs> jumps in the ring. And the bell rings. And before the bell even rang, before she even got in the fucking ring, the wig and, and Groucho glasses were off. And holy shit, it's Luna! And Luna whipped her ass. Like, straight yes. up whipped her ass. Um, Luna threw Ivory in in one of the best DDTs I've ever seen. Like, and that's, that's not, that's not even being sarcastic. Like take a, if you, if if you want to see an amazing DDT, go to this episode of raw and watch that DDT. If you watch nothing else, because it was fucking picture perfect. 
um, and Luna gets the big win. Uh, rips off every article of clothing and and shows her brand new pair of big honkers, and goes to the back. And away we go. Yeah, he, unfortunately she, we get she, a Luna she, promo later in the show. <laughs> yeah, she should she should have put that shit back on the fucking Scooby Doo mask <laughs> after that because her promo. You put uh, it when we were texting earlier. You put it in just perfect context of sure. what she sounds like. It comes later in this episode, right? Yeah, it's the literally the next segment where she challenges her to. Uh, oh, okay. On, yeah, they talk about making it hardcore and blah, blah, blah. yeah. So so yeah. So uh, I'm I'm assuming because it's raw, the rooster's doing the the promo. Uh, and asks Luna, you know, about blah, blah, blah. And yeah, uh, there's a story that has never been explained in the annals of professional wrestling. And, and that is, um, who did sandpaper Luna's vocal cords? Was it the 1987 Denver Broncos? Seriously, like I'm listening to Luna cut a promo and it's hurting my throat. Like, Like we, we mentioned earlier, you know, uh, doing those those Austin impressions and it fucking hurts your voice. This is how she talked like all the time. And 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 there's parts of it where it's like, oh, she's putting on a voice. But then it's like you hear her just laughing or chuckling. And, and it's I don't I don't even want to do it because it, it it just it fucking it's like cheese grater in my throat. Um, so no. I, I'm, I'm really curious, like. And, and uh, honestly, I'm actually honestly curious if like that's if something happened back in the day where she damaged her fucking throat or something, or if she just smokes 52 packs a day. I don't. One way or the other, I'd, I'd like to know why why she she has that that voice. Um, it couldn't have just been a choice, a character choice. That can't be it because eventually she, she's gonna... had it forever. I know that that's the thing. So it's like. Like if it was a character choice, uh, I feel eventually that shit would wear off, or eventually they would have some reveal where she uses her real voice. But like even in interviews and stuff, she's got that that voice. And... I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been I've talked about it on a couple of shows. I've watched the 1992, 93, and beginning of 94 Superstars episodes on the network, mm-hmm. and. She's with Bam Bam being the main squeeze of Bam Bam and all that. The and main she has, squeeze. I remember that she, shit. Because they couldn't call her boyfriend, girlfriend. It was the, this is my main squeeze. And she had the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. That I mean, even, even when she was with Sean, um, and that was the, the Vegas WrestleMania, I believe. Yep. WrestleMania, uh, yep. Uh, she still had that voice. That, like, it's all, like you said, it's always been a part of her. Um, and if it's a character choice, then God damn it. That's dedication. That is dedication because after 20 plus years of doing that voice, eventually I'd stop. I would just be like, nope, you're bringing me in once a month to do something. I'm not doing this. (laughs) You haven't earned me hurting myself like this. Anyway, I guess I'm just a less actor than Luna. Yeah, it's, it's by the way, it's, go watch the unholy a, Easter weekend, it's coming out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the 
good product placement. Right yeah, there, go, go watch the Unholy in theaters Easter weekend. It, it, it releases on Good Friday. Get it? Because it's a Satan movie or some shit. I don't know. I was, it was only one scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel I feel like I'm I'm just. God, I hope I'm in rubbing elbows with famous people. I, left I, and I hope right. I don't get cut out. <laughs> That's all. And the bitch of it is, is I, I think it's I think it's only being released in theaters. Uh, so I gotta wait till it, like it hits some kind of streaming service. Um, I thought it was coming out on HBO Max, but I don't think it is. I think I read the article. The article was poorly written. The first one that was released. Um, is it coming out on HBO Medium? Mm, maybe Husky size HBO. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so uh, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta hopefully get get a get a look at that, and hopefully I made the cut. That'd be awesome. Unholy in theaters. Good Friday. Well, Mike, yeah. you're always my movie star. Fuck you. I'm fucking just going to go kill myself now. <laughs> no, I, I swear he would. I swear it was a it was a uh, masturbation accident. He wasn't hanging himself. <laughs> he loved Batman. Yeah, exactly. Fucking, I'm going to kill myself now. D'Lo lost <laughs> you know a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh... I was just going to segue. <laughs> D'Lo lost his friend, Mark Henry. Uh, you, you know what? I'm on team D'Lo on this one because he's absolutely right. All he was doing was trying to get that fat bastard healthy. healthy. Well, you should give him a little salt, a little, little butter. Butter? A little sauce and butter? Like, yeah, Mark Henry's an asshole. <laughs> Your friend didn't want you to die, so you beat him up. <laughs> Get some sauce or some butter. Pull over on the side of the road and hit him with a trash can. Quick. What the fuck was that segment? Anyway. Well, most dietitians though, will give you a baked potato, a piece of broccoli, and an energy drink to fucking start your diet with. Look, I understand. Delo's diet was utterly insane. But they had to work that whatever hardcore energy drink was into the segment, even though that's the most unhealthy thing you could put in Mark Henry and his heart was going to explode. But I actually, I think the most unhealthy thing you could put in Mark Henry is some of those fucking sluts. He was with uh... <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. And I do have a lot of thoughts on that segment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is uh we get our first uh, our first bit of Vince and and Shane getting pumped up. Uh, yeah. This this is the one where where Vince says uh, he t- calls himself in the in the third person. Vince is all about the pounding grapefruits, folks. Fucking grapefruits. Anyway, D'Lo <laughs> is shown t-shirt. leaving in a car. He hops into his rental car and fucks off. I guess you could just leave work early. Cool. Well, he's looking for Mark Henry because uh, Mark Henry. Uh, Jumped in the back after there was some much, uh, oh, much that's loved right. uh, punk card talk. That's right. That's right. Punk that card. Happened. Punk card. That's my favorite phrase that I never knew existed. Really? Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, never. I heard man card, but I never heard punk card. Yeah, no punk card. Maybe it's maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe, maybe that maybe that was like a early '80s term because I definitely remember punk card. Back in my day, we didn't have punk cards. Uh, before the internet, we had. Punk cards. That little bitch across the street, she had it coming. What? Is it Jeff Jarrett? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which. God damn it. <laughs> Stephanie and Test are not happy. And no, no, they're not. Test is uh, challenging Double J 
that's J-E double rape, to a street fight. And instead of waiting for the answer, Jeff Jarrett just walks into the interview. <laughs> Logically, again, like the way people walk in, it's amazing that like the person doing the interview, like Tess didn't see Jeff Jarrett coming straight at him. <laughs> It's coming right for us. It's coming right for us. Um, but yeah, so so Double J walks in and goes, hey, 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 you go fuck yourself. I'm not doing a street fight. I only fight women. So me and you are going to get in the ring with our ladies, Stephanie and Deborah. Now, Deborah was not about this whole thing. She was all upset. And Jeff Jarrett's like, shut up, woman. You're going to fight. And Stephanie's like, we're going to fucking kick some ass because she's a McMahon. Of course, she's ready to fight. Test, of course, was like, hey, hey, we got to talk about this. I need to extend my storyline for at least two more months. This is bullshit. I feel like I'm getting pushed out by Triple H. Is anything going on? Nope, nothing yet. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys. I still do not like uh, the Hardy Boys music mixed with the uh, brood entrance. It's getting a little better because I feel that Gangrel and the Hardys are kind of feeling their their entrance, their cadence a little bit. I like the thing on the stairs where the two Hardys stand like head uh, forehead to forehead and Gangrel spits the juice. Uh, I still don't like the music, uh, but the fact that they're starting to feel a rhythm, which means they're going to be taken away from Gangrel anytime now. He, he seems way too happy. We're going to have to stop that shit. What is wonderful about this match is the acolytes are doing commentary. It's great. Yep. <laughs> um, Bubba gets in the, the ring. Uh, and, uh, b- b- before, before we get to the match, the Dublin sure. Boys promo here. I was just going to say, yeah. This was. Uh... You don't need a lot of words to get over in Texas, and, and Bubba uh-huh. proved that. Um, he gets to the ring and he just goes, Houston, Texas sucks. Old judge smells. He is. And the crowd goes wild. I don't remember what Devon's was because I was laughing my ass off too much at Bubba. Mentioning about the, uh, the commandments of, uh, you know, don't mess with the other typical, uh, cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, which is nice that he did remember to do that because that that gave Bradshaw a great excuse uh, to start off the commentary with the Acolytes Commandment. I don't know why I was about to do Austin. It's basically that same Texas accent. Um, the Acolytes Commandment is uh, uh, one, don't drink our beer, and two, don't steal our rats. And he went on from there, but I started pissing my pants because for a translation side of things that's literally bradshaw going hey when those whores at the bar in the hotel after the show come up to us get the fuck away don't steal our women's that's what he literally name checked the ring rats it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) classic bradshaw it's like a truck driver going over the cb radio ah breaker breaker uh we got some uh, lot lizards over here and uh, i need y'all stay the fuck away from me out smoky out um i i wasn't really paying attention to the match because the acolytes were just hilarious on commentary ron simmons was just as good with his shit um yeah the act but you know 
you know where this is going. Acolytes run in, fight the Dudleys. Um, they're going to be wrestling. Luckily, Stevie Richards was there, though. Luckily, Stevie Richards was there. Was it or was it like a broken toothpick? Is that, is that what Ron Simmons called him? What do you call him? Yeah, a to- a to- the toothpick. No, no, no. Undertaker calls X-Pac the broken toothpick. But Ron Simmons calls him something. Something bean, similar to, to Bean Paul or yeah. fucking broomstick or some shit like that. Uh, it looks like Bradshaw's dick. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, Brick? <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a melee so, leading to the pay-per-view. But this cuts to probably... The greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the shows for this series so far, this is probably... You know, going back retrospectfully, we should just have named the series the Jeff Jarrett series. We didn't know what, yeah. what kind of a gem was in store for us. We oh were just... More, because this all started with uh, with us thinking, all right, let's get to Big Boss Man and, and Big Show's father's funeral. That's where this all started, which is way down the road in this season. We didn't even think, holy shit, Jeff Jarrett is on a tear and he's beating up women for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm so glad we stumbled upon this. There's so many good things along the way, but this is oh, this, seg- this segment. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, this is up there with the free birds eating the hot dogs from the first series, which yeah. is in our archives. Waka waka. Uh, um, this, this segment was fucking Awesome. So there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, Deborah is uh, in the back in a makeup chair, and Miss Kitty's next to her, and Janice the, or Janet—I forget which one it was—the makeup woman. Janet. Janet. Okay. And she's touching up Deborah or putting the finishing touches on Deborah. And right off the bat, the first thing I, I, I noticed was uh, Deborah's circa 1969 six-inch platform go-go boots. And I'm like, uh, those are an ankle injury waiting to happen if you get in a wrestling ring with them, first of all. But my my thought process was deviated very quickly because Jeff Jarrett runs in, starts talking shit to all the women in attendance, and then knocks down Janet and puts her in a fucking figure four. <laughs> the makeup woman. <laughs> because they were running late to go to the ring. So it's immediately the makeup lady's fault. And he fucking, he fucking knocks her over. I ain't gonna take no sass from no makeup woman. Oh yeah, you wanna make up? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you do something right now. Here's a figure four for your troubles, miss. <laughs> Little did we know that the figure four on a woman is just debilitating. <laughs> this is something OJ should have did instead. Seriously. Yeah. Just put Nicole in a fucking figure four. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah, which of course leads to uh Jeff Jarrett and Deborah versus Test and Stephanie McMahon. Um it's amazing with uh, again the the progression that she's taken and and where she is today. And uh basically the the, the journey that Stephanie McMahon has taken us the viewers on over the years to look at this period here and, and how like how downplayed everything was like she was, she was just a young girl, you know, and she's sitting there in her, you know, in her t-shirt and her shorts. And it's just like, Oh, she's just, you know, she's a, 
She's just annoying. And now, like, you fast forward how many years, and she's, like, basically the leader of the Mad Max tribe for that WrestleMania entrance for Triple H. And I'm like, fuck me. That's a hell of a goddamn career she's thrown at us. Like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on over the years with Stephanie. But to look at it back here, yeah. where it was all starting, uh, it, it's kind of wild. The women yeah. never get involved in the match, really. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, Jeff Jarrett and, and Tess going back and forth. Uh, at a certain point in the match, Jeff Jarrett does try to tag in Deborah. She she fucks right off. She walks. She tries to again. Those those heels are not good for literally anything unless you're dancing in a cage. And she tries to walk down the steps, doesn't make it too far, and just is like, you know what? I'm just gonna stop here. Jeff goes back to fighting. Uh, Tess puts on the the pump handle slam, which you know if you if you. See again, we're watching these with a critical eye, and if you watch that that move enough, it's just it's a it's basically a, a standing power slam with a lot of bullshit up front. <laughs> like the whole pump handle part of it, it's kind of fucking dumb. It's like there's no reason to bend the guy over, pull his his own arm between his legs. I mean, Road Dog starts, you know, butt fuck thrusting him. And, and then to flip him up, it's like, this is, it's basically like, because we see it later uh, on SmackDown, I believe. Davey Boy Smith does the, the running power slam. And it's basically the same fucking move, just without all the, the bullshit up front. Well, it's because of tucking his arm in and flipping, it's, it adds extra velocity to it. So I, I can break it down mathematically for you. So we, what you take is you take the weight of the wrestler times the height of the opponent divided by who gives a fuck. Yes. Again, so there you go. I was starting to fall asleep during that math problem. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he does the pump handle slam tags in Stephanie. She gets the pin. Hooray, hooray, hooray. And after the match, Double J starts uh, shit-talking Deborah. It's her fault we lost. Of course it's her fault. She's a woman. Gets her down. Puts her big go-go boots into a figure-four leg lock. Triple H. Not Triple H. Uh, wait, no. Does China come down in this part, or is that later? That's later. Okay. So we just cut to... Oh, that's right, because they're in the back at the moment. Uh, so we cut away. China and Triple H are in the back. Uh, they got police officers. It's dumb. <laughs> the Rock is in the back. He's bitching at Mankind for talking too much. Uh, Undertaker and Big Show are now talking with Kane. Let's just breeze through this bullshit because it's not great. Uh, Who can uh, you trust? Fucking... Can Kane trust the Undertaker? Can Who the Undertaker cares? trust the Big Show? <laughs> It's things are moving like, so quickly. You don't even have time to think who you like in this shit. <laughs> I, I just find it fascinating that we just had, it's literally backroom shot, backroom shot, backroom shot, backroom shot. Yeah. Three in a row. Bang, Ra bang, bang. Rapid fire. And bang. it all led to nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, well, what it led to, uh, was this, uh, this match here, uh, mankind, Versus Mankind and Rock versus Big Show and Undertaker for the WWF Tag Team Titles. Dark Side Rules. What is Dark Side Rules? Nobody fucking cares. 
It's not as good as Acolyte Rules. It's also not as good as Anus Explosion Matches. It's also not as good as... Well, actually, you know what? It's better than that fucking six-month abortion of a fucking exploding ring that AEW tried to fucking do with the sparklers. You're very mad about that. I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) It's fucking awful. And if anyone like that that listens to this, please continue to listen but kiss the underside of my ass. That, that was fucking horrendous. Five star ratings coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's dumb. It is what it is. Dark side rules. And uh, what it basically means is there are no rules. Uh, all of Undertaker's boys can get in the ring and beat the shit out of Rock and Mankind, um, which is just an excuse uh, so that Undertaker, uh, Undertaker doesn't have to do anything except sit on commentary, which is nice. Uh, for him, since he doesn't want to work anymore. And it's nice because that means Big Show doesn't have to eat the pin uh, because obviously Rock and Mankind are not going to lose the titles yet. Or they are going to lose. Who's, who's championing these matches anyway? I don't even know. Nobody carries the belts anymore? Well, I know, it's I know, too I know, much for the Undertaker to carry the belt. I know Rock and Mankind lose on SmackDown, but but who the fuck has the titles in this one? Who's? Oh, uh, okay. Big Show and Undertaker are the champions in this match. Okay, so whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, basically, we got Skeletor doing commentary track uh, on this match because Undertaker's sitting there going, he's talking his most demonic voice. Get him. And it's weird because he's not doing commentary. He's he's sound. It's almost as if you would think uh, everyone in the match has an earpiece in because he's not talking loud enough that if you were in the arena that they could hear him from the ring. But he's talking as if he's coaching them. It's like, that's it, show. Get him. Get him. Go for his head. Get his head. And I'm like, who are you talking to, bro? And then all of a sudden, the cane comes to the ring. Ah, he's going to, you know, what's happening now? I don't know, weirdo. (laughs) I love that he he literally, he's he's doing the the stereotypical commentator stuff like, what's going to happen next? You you should let Jr. cover that shit, man, because it's it's not going over well. And uh, when Kane <laughs> jumps off the top rope, and instead of hitting Rock, he hits Big Show, I think. Yeah. And Undertaker literally reenacted that Skeletor animated GIF, which is like, no, arms in the air, head back, his eyes roll back. He's doing the evil gimmick shit. Uh, but he's trying to talk like, like again, the personality coming through is very transitioning into American Badass Undertaker, but he's still trying to do it under the guise of evil ministry Undertaker. So it's a mess of a character. Basically, he just wants to go home and not see his kids. Yeah, he had the look of someone who was scouring like the, the arena for empty beer bottles to collect for the nickel. It's like, it looks like Spalding drinking the bottoms of everybody's fucking cocktail. <laughs> he just, he, he, again, we've been hammering this for weeks, and unfortunately this is the last episode of The Undertaker. I just, he is just so fucking miserable. I can't emphasize this enough. Like, if people are going to watch this, like, I'm looking at it through the lens of someone who teeters on miserableness yeah. on a fucking hourly basis. He makes me look like I'm fucking shiny, happy people. (laughs) He is fucking just so miserable. It's so fantastic. But yeah, his him being the father of seven to four different women is really (laughs) catching up to him at this point. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, Rock and Mankind, Tag Team Champions. Moving on. All right. Oh, yeah. This is this is main event number two right here. So the Roosters in the back talking with Mariana, who at first glance, the because it's it's kind of like a, a, a far a, a bit the camera's a little bit away, and it's almost a wide shot of the two of them. And it looks like um the the shit going on around her lips looks like she's just been uh <sighs> making out with some unclean people. However, when you push in, it's just a big bloody mess of a jaw as if literally right before the rooster pulls out his microphone to be like, Hey, Mariana, what's going on? Someone hauled off and punched her in the mouth. And it was like, Hey, smack. So tell me about this bruise on your face. Um, yeah, it's a mess. It's, it's a, the, 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 the bloody mouth is excessive, um, and the acting is terrible. Uh, Chaz comes in and starts basically doing the, I did nothing wrong. I mean, I know where this is going because I was watching all the shows, uh, but you know, as I'm sure you're going to point out here, we're not getting the whole story, Rich. No, um, because for some reason, yeah. Sunday night, Fucking heat is not on the network. It's not. So I have to go on Daily Motion or fucking Farmers Only or Christian Mingle or fucking something to find the videos to get the fucking backstory. Are you actually? Fucking... Are you bootleg keeping up with this? Yes. So what's, that, what's need, so so just for, just for this angle? What what's going on? So there's been um, matches with Chaz uh, where Mariana would come out and distract Chaz with miscellaneous bruises and cuts and, you know, typical um, battered woman trophies, I guess you could Here's say. Here's the thing I love about this. Uh, th- this is all happening week to week, and the the bruises she has... Now, we saw Mariana last week on the show, and she had a giant, I mean, a big old hunk in black and blue that took up her entire left eye and most of her upper cheek. This week, that's gone. It's as if it never happened, and the bottom half of her right lip is bloodied and bruised out to shit. I'm assuming next week, none of that's going to be there. Like, I get it. They're doing that she's faking all this abuse to fuck with Chaz because she's banging meat or... Sean Stasiak, the fucking meets a better name than his fucking real name, but <clears throat> I digress. But the fact that she's doing this in the way she's doing it, I don't know if they're doing it specifically so we, the audience, will root against her week to week because there's zero continuity with her bruising. It's it. It's only one specific bruise every week, and it's in a different place. And there's no remnants of the week before's injuries. You know what I mean? Like Jesus, yeah. At, le- at least put some ace bandages around her head so we know that she's injured, <laughs> or have a concussion. So internal bleeding. <laughs> so this starts a few weeks prior after the makeout session on GTV. GTV draws has function of his legs at this time. He beats Chaz after 
<laughs> so he defeats Chaz after Mariana distracts him. Right. That's on Sunday Night Heat. That follows up with <laughs> this fucking chestnut. So this is airing September 19th, the day before Raw. Okay. 20th. Mid- oh, Midian- Sunday Night Heat. Sunday Night- I'm sorry. Sunday Night Heat aired on the 19th. Midian defeats Chaz. Okay. Because Mariana distracts. And after the match, she gets Chaz arrested. Little less than 24 hours later, in real time, in WWF Universe time, yeah. Chaz is out on his own recognizance with no restraining order and has the ability to go right up to Mariana and fucking get taken away again for I punching mean, her in the face. That part is pretty realistic. But there's the fact, the fact that, yeah, you know, I mean, let, let's be honest. <clears throat> the fact that, uh, you know, a wrestler would get arrested for domestic violence and then the next day show up at their wife's work. Pretty, pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's art imitating life. But God damn, I got to make a living. Oh, shit. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you were going to go a different. uh, Sorry. Sorry. Go a different story. But I mean, this isn't a story that hasn't been told in real life. Um, It's classic. which which, Which is probably why it's been relegated to the sea show of the week. Let's be quite honest. There was probably like. Like all of a sudden, this starts making raw, and someone takes note of it, and they're just like, "You're taking that shit off the show right now." Not even fucking joking. <laughs> it, this is a love story tale as old as time. Boy meets girl. Boy steals girl from wrestler husband. Boy marries girl and has children. Boy kills family and hangs Jesus himself on gym Christ. equipment. You, you know, I, I tried steering us away from Chris Benoit, but you just wouldn't allow it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say his name because he doesn't exist. I tried steering us as far away from it as possible. Tried doing it. Couldn't happen. No, anyway, no. Just... Undertaker's all pissed off. <laughs> not about this story because we've spent enough time on this bullshit that's not going to be paid off on this show. You want to want this reminding me of real, real quick just to put a bow on it. You remember Jillian Hall? Yeah. Who had the mole? Yeah. That the. You remember they used to move it on her face? It was never in the same spot. Yeah. That's exactly what this was. was, that was just bad. Yeah, that was def. See, that, that was just bad makeup, you know, not nailing it on the right spot every time. Like, it, it, did, it wasn't like they switched cheeks. Like, they, it would move, like, you know, an inch here, an inch there. It would kind of be all over the place. Uh, but, you know, if all of a sudden Jillian showed up and that mole was on her fucking elbow... I'm like, okay, what are you doing? And the boogeyman ate it off her elbow. Same deal. Um, Undertaker's pissed. That doesn't matter because we got more important things to do. Uh, Sean Stasiak, who has terrible entrance music, uh, is going to fight Steve Blackman for no apparent reason other than to get Val Venus down here, who looks like he just got off work at the shittiest strip bar as a bouncer ever. Um, Two silver chains hanging out. Nice, uh, with his well, all you need, you need multiple with his all black shiny muscle shirt and his black Tommy Hilfiger jeans. 
It was the 90s. And he's carrying a bag which is reminiscent of uh, the black bag that Steve Blackman would carry to the ring, um, full of his, you know, sticks and nunchucks and whips and, and all that stuff. And before Val can even put the, the headset on a commentary, Jerry Lawler is making uh, buzzing. What's that? What's that buzzing? Jay, are you hearing a buzzing in your headphones? Now, I it took me. This is how bad that they were doing this. It took me the entire match to figure out what the fuck they were talking about. Like literally right before the end, the end moment. I was like. They're really t- like, I thought it was an actual problem. Like, I thought that was King's way of relaying to the truck. There's an actual buzzing because Jr. said it, too. He's like, no, I'm I'm hearing that. But he didn't say it in a way that was like indicating of anything. He just kind of brushed it off, but but acknowledged it. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of hearing that buzzing, too. And then moved on. And then King brought it up again. And again. And on the third one, I'm like, oh, God. Val Venus has a bag of dicks at the fucking table. A bag of vibrating dicks at the table. Because that was because on the third one, the first two times, uh, King kept saying, my headphones are buzzing. That's what threw me to the fact that it might have been an actual technical problem. The third time, King goes, Val, why is your bag buzzing? And I'm like, oh, my God, this whole time they've been setting up a vibrator joke that I completely forgot happened. And yeah, so sure enough, uh, somehow the bag gets introduced into the ring. And Steve Blackman digs, starts digging into the bag for some weapons and pulls out one of the weirdest looking vibrators I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know what it was. Uh, it looked like uh, a larger version. If you remember, if you're if you're my age and remember the Bob Barker version of uh, fucking Price is Right, his microphone. Remember? So, so it had like a kind of a thicker base, a very skinny, skinny uh, shaft. And then a little ball head. Like a dick. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought up the prices right. Because I'm sure if you talk into that thing, you're not playing Polinko. <laughs> but that's kind of what what, uh, what it looked like. And Blackman freaked out as if he had just pulled a human head out of the bag. It's like, come on, man. You're a wrestler. You know what that is. <laughs> come on. Bradshaw already talked about the rats. We know what's going on. <laughs> I, it's just—it's such a unique couple too many somas, and you're using that thing on your lady, <laughs> or or yourself. <laughs> Me, myself, and Irene. Oh, oh, oh I was it enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> I used it on you. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I pissing like I've been up all night having sex? It's a great reveal. Um, so anyway, this this story's dumb. I don't know where it's going. Undertaker's it's hunting. It's going to Unforgiven. It's Unforgiven. going to Unforgiven. Uh, Undertaker's hunting for Kane. This is where we get the second, um, the second Vince and Shane video. Vince is in completely different clothing than before. Apparently, he got way too much baby oil all over his previous wardrobe and had to change out to a shittier fucking top. <laughs> his cut-off sleeves, sweatshirt look. I never understood it, uh, but whatever. Uh, Undertaker. Uh, this is, this is where I, have, I wish I had muscles so I could wear shit like this. If I tried to wear shit like this now, 
This is why I'm glad you don't. So you don't wear shit like this. <laughs> I, would I would totally wear this stuff. Like this is my wheelhouse. Zubaz and cut off sweatshirt tops. <laughs> I would just wear a sweatshirt. There I mean, would be look, nothing but the you sleeves. Don't need, you don't need fucking muscles. I mean, Bill Belichick wears that shit every week. It's literally the same shirt. I'm going to try it. I'm going to take pictures of myself. And God, don't <laughs> send, send them, them around. Me. I'll send them to you. Oh, for Christ's sakes. <sighs> All right. Um, Undertaker comes to the ring. Um, he's had enough of Kane's shit. I want him to come down to the ring. Um, yeah. He, he, does. He, he let us know he was upset because he knocked over a bottle of water on his way to the ring from backstage. Just in, in just a what? He's just walking. That. That's, that's how angry you are. I'm just going to slap a fucking Poland Springs bottle in the next week. And uh, Midian, Big Show, and Viscera come down. They beat the shit out of Kane. They start pouring gasoline on him. Uh, which, of course, brings out Mankind and The Rock, both with baseball bats. They start teeing up on people. Uh, nothing else happens there. Triple H and China talking again in the back. Is it? it I feel like th there was a there was one of these Triple H and China in the back moments that got overly dramatic, and Triple H just started like spouting off that that felt very like I miss my friends moment. Yeah, is that yeah, it? Th yeah, this, 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 it? Okay. this one here. Um, so. He got really overly, I don't want to say emotional, um, but he was he was summoning, trying to get that recreation of, I couldn't say goodbye to my friends. Yeah. Like, they're putting me in this position, and you know what? I don't care, because I'm going to show them I'm bigger than they are. I mean, I'm the game. And they, uh, he, he, was, he was going for it, as they say. Yes, he was, he was going for it. And China, it. to her credit, just was glazed over. China was like watching this the, these two episodes, uh, Raw and SmackDown this week. Ch China was fantastic in this era. She's great. Like, I, like I'm watching it. And I'm just like, she's fucking amazing in this. Not just be, not just like physical presence aside, but also the fact that she's doing a lot more than it seems in the show. Like she's in almost every fucking segment of the show because. Every time, like, she's out there for everything Triple H is doing, which is the majority of this these stories. But she's also in all the Jeff Jarrett stuff, which obviously we've been talking about at nauseum. He shows up every fucking moment. So even if she's not at the ring, her story is t is linked almost to the entire show because all of the stupid run-ins that are happening. Um, and on one side of the fence, she's, she's a baby face. And on the other side, she's a heel. And you completely buy both. Like it's it's yep. she's she's wonderful, um, yeah. and it's great too because you're rooting for her to be Jared, and then the next segment you're like, get the fuck out of there with this China Fearance bullshit. Well, I I think it's one of those things. It's like you're you, it was, I think it was why because um, China really becomes massive around like two thousand ish. Like right, right around that that first Playboy issue was like the peak of like her, for lack of a term, fandom. Like she was huge. Like they gave her that big bazooka to come out with and stuff like that. Like that whole thing. 
Um, and what I think it was is the fans wanted to root for her, but they also hated Triple H. So it wasn't like even when she got involved, it wasn't like they were booing her. It's like, like, even if you look back, it's like they, Billy Gunn was a piece of shit through this, but when he interfered on behalf of China, people were like, yay, Billy Gunn's here. You know what I mean? It's like, so she's, it, it's, it's an interesting and, and underrated barometer for the fans, I think. Um, and also just to put a bow on this is interesting in this promo with her being kind of glossed over, yep. it is planting the seeds for her to be full blown face and then, and them separating from each other. Absolutely. So, so we, we pan a, uh, a graveyard, which is clearly a cemetery. I mean, you like, you're looking at it and it's a cemetery. We all know what cemeteries look like. And when you do a long panning shot of a cemetery, it's clearly a cemetery. But for some reason, about halfway through this pan, Jar goes, what the hell is this? And I literally yell at my TV. It's a cemetery, you fucking hayseed. What do, we, what do you just throw your dead in the trash? It's a, like, what the hell is this? It's a cemetery. There's, there's gravestones. That's the, what? Fucking dummies. Anyway, full 180 pan to uh, the tiniest little grave. And Al Snow with two Rottweilers standing over it. And uh, he explains that he couldn't bury Pepper in the People's Cemetery because he got in trouble or they yelled at him. It, this was fucking hilarious. Like, this whole Pepper funeral thing was wonderful. I'm glad this is why we decided to do this series. Um, the eulogy was great. Uh, the dogs were actually acting like they're supposed to. They, they, they were being dogs for the moment, not humping or shitting or pissing. Like... And because it, it, it builds, Al Snow's eulogy for Pepper builds into an act of aggression against the boss man. And the dogs, as as he builds, the dogs start barking louder. Like, th this was, as goofy as this story is, this was perfectly executed. Um, yep. Because they had to, working dogs. Yes. Yeah. All right, I got those working dogs. Um, cut to a still shot, a screen grab, if you will. Of GTV capturing the boss man pissing on Pepper's grave. <laughs> we can't show you the footage due to the graphic nature, but here's a still shot of boss man pissing on a grave, which is equally just as bad. <laughs> also, is is GTV just emailing screenshots to him? <laughs> I, w I wish they put this on the the website or whatever just the, the, the video of it i vaguely i vaguely remember footage of this but it could also be like the um the sinbad uh genie movie shazam that doesn't exist and everybody remembers uh i i like i feel like i remember this footage and even when they they showed the screenshot i'm like yeah but they showed this footage right so i don't know maybe they did maybe i'm imagining it Maybe next week for the lead-in to the, their match, it's part of the video package, maybe. But I, 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 I'm with you. I remember seeing something similar like this. I just I wish I could see this content now. <laughs> no, uh, nothing more that I want to see than a fat 300-pound dude piss on a grave. In a flak jacket. <laughs> yeah. So 
cut back to the arena. Big boss man's coming out and he starts cutting a promo and, you know, Pepper's funeral, boss man getting caught by GTV pissing on a grave. You thought this was as good as it's going to get, right? This is, this is the pinnacle of this story. Let's introduce Bob Holloway to this bullshit. <laughs> your fat ass ain't hardcore. I'm going to whip your ass. God damn it. Like, oh, my buddy Bob Holly to the rescue. This is great. And he has no business being here, but it's just going to be fucking fun. Uh, apparently, Bob Holly is upset that the boss man is not hardcore enough and that he's hardcore 24 seven because it's his name. Get it. Hardcore Holly. Oh, can we stop saying the word hardcore? No, we're going to continue. Let's have a match. <laughs> and it's a hardcore match. Is it? <laughs> hey, what does the pitcher say to the face? <sighs> Smash. Oh, uh, no. But, Boo. but, you know, Boo. last year, last year, <laughs> so, so last series we had the iconic image of Bob Holly's back after yeah. going through the table. Yeah. This is another one of those attitude era iconic moments mm-hmm. of the pitcher to the face of the boss man. I remember seeing this. And video recaps and, and things of that nature for oh, years after. Oh, is that after. what you were just trying to reference? I thought you meant like baseball pitcher. No. All right, fu- no, I'm sorry. Boo me. I missed that reference altogether. Rich actually had a good joke, and I fucked it all up by being an asshole. My, my bad. Mike, Mike, I would never boo you hey, under my any bad. circumstance. I would never do that because you're my movie star. Ah, well, you know what? It, don't worry about it. This show's exploding. Um, <laughs> bro. Bro. And, uh, okay. So yeah. So Jr. needs to stop, uh, having glass things at his table because all I thought of was, uh, was it WrestleMania 15 where his candy jar got used to kill somebody? That was, uh, actually the, that 16 WrestleMania 2000, 16. whatever the fuck you want to call it. 16. Okay. 2000, whatever. But in that hardcore, uh, sh- fucking insane 18 minute match where Pete gas bled for like 42 days. It was a mess. Uh, and then it was either, I think, I think it was Bob Holly that used it again on Taz, right? Yeah. The, and conversely enough. And once again, got glass in somebody's eye. Exactly. And they used the candy dish again in the feud of Taz and Jerry Lawler in the middle of 2000. Fucking JR. Goddamn diabetic bastard. Just give him plastic stuff. Got Kool Aid at the fuck. Who had really a picture of Kool Aid? Fuck are you at 12 or at a picnic? What is this shit? You're, you're I think in a runner, I think it was. I think actually the Undertaker left it there because he was selling that to make spare money because he's not <laughs> making enough money to support his fucking 14 kids he's got. Anyway, yeah, so uh, Boss Man's eye looked jacked up. Like that shit swelled and bruised instantly. Like, say what you will, and I know that they make those out of candy glass and uh, all that stuff. But for some reason, maybe maybe Bob Holly doesn't know how to swing a candy glass thing because he's fucked up people's eyes on two occasions with this. <laughs> even even it being candy glass getting in your eye not still cool. hurts. Yeah, not fun. It's like jizzing in your own eye. Uh, all right. 
Why do you make a Chris Benoit joke? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so on the Titantron or whatever the hell we're calling that thing. Yeah, it's raw. So it's a Titantron. I was thinking SmackDown's round oval, not a fist thing. Anyway, uh, Al Snow is at some karate dojo uh, having attack dogs jump a dummy. Hey, boss man, this is you. I think he'd fight a little bit more. Everybody knows Bossman's trained. He'll stick a thumb up a dog's ass to get him off him. <laughs> this reminded me of the skit from South Park where it had the, the pony that would bite your wiener off and then just had a scarecrow with a hot dog. Thing. <laughs> all right, that's really funny. That's, fucking, that's all I can fucking think of when he threw the dummy down. It's really funny. <laughs> Boss man, this is you. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. No, it's not. But uh, he uh, he steals a catchphrase that was uh, probably not meant to be used in a scenario involving uh, a Chihuahua's death. But uh, the uh, what was it? The uh, beat me if you can. Oh, this is where that came in. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He said. Uh... I think, yeah, he literally said, beat me if you can survive if we let you. And anybody who's anybody, especially in 1999, that's fucking Taz's goddamn line. Like, that is straight-up gimmick infringement. That's basically saying, hey, boss man, suck it. I came up with that. What? No, you didn't. Boss man to beat the man. Woo! To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Oh, uh, but anyway, and yeah, that's the bottom uh, line. Because <laughs> Al Snow said so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Moment of the night. We cut to. I mean, King Arthur's is way too local of a reference, and it's been closed for years. So nobody's nobody listening is going to get the King Arthur's reference. Uh, so let me paint a picture. Um, it looks like your average dive bar with a stage and the stage has a pole on it and there's two questionable ladies stripping. We're led to believe this is a strip club, but I, I've been to too many to, to buy that bullshit. Uh, also, I'm pretty convinced watching this that that was a set bar like a movie set bar because the first the the first because normally they would just you know go to the friendly tap or something and fuck that place up but the first shot of it is low enough that you can see that there's no ceiling and there's tv lights up in the rafters and i'm like that's either I don't know. Like I, I, it was weird because it completely took me out of it. Because that's all. All I saw was the no roof, no ceiling thing, and the and the lights hanging from the rafters down at the at the bullshit bar that they made. Um, but yeah, it's basically as if 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 you put a fucking uh, a stripper stage in Patty's Pub is what it looked like, and yeah. Mark Hen- Mark Henry was taking up an entire love seat to himself. Uh, getting a, a lap dance from a woman again. (sighs) 
it didn't look like a strip club because the strippers didn't look like strippers. They looked like regular bar patrons that were just making some extra beer money. Like she was fully dressed and not in a way that a stripper would be dressed. Like she was dressed as if she was going to that bar with her girlfriends. And, oh, this uh, this guy is sitting on the couch and he's asked me for a lap dance and I can't pay my bar tab. So dollar dollar bills, y'all. And then, you know, D'Lo just jumps and fucks him up. <laughs> do you think that do you think that could have been maybe the undertaker's older daughter trying to make ends meet i mean all things considered it looked like ryan shamrock but <laughs> and we haven't seen her in a while that whole storyline was fucked up in Which real life he's the, the ryan shamrock thing because oh. ken shamrock started banging her in real life as you do um <laughs> As you do. As you do. Uh, I, I remember in this era, she, she was making some coin wrestling in strip clubs or oil wrestling in strip clubs or whatever. But uh, Which is why I think my brain immediately went to, oh, is that Ryan Shamrock? Oh, no, okay. Do you know she ended up in WCW for a yeah. little while? Yeah. As the maestro, right? This, yeah, what's her name? If you give, if you get this, oh, her, her the name. First ra- the first round's on me. Um, shit, it was a take on Prince, but like white Prince, like it made it super racist. Um, well, that hey, was Prince Iakea. They made him the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. So was that the guy? No, she was with the Maestro. You were okay, right about that. Maestro, all right. Uh, but she and... had she had a name that fit along with that if, and i'm telling you if you get this without looking it up i'm gonna buy it i'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not uh the the bitch of it is is my brain is going to paisley but wasn't that booker t's wife in wcw it well it's it's her his wife wife in real life but she no, no but but her character in wcw was paisley yes yeah that, so, that's the name i'm going to and i'm lost on it after that all right i'll just i'll just i'll, I'll yeah because I'll, I'll, I'll never get it i'm, I'm stuck it's on harmony paisley. Yeah, definitely was miles away from that. Ah, oh. miles away. That's terrible. Yeah, that's, that's shit. That was a Russo thing. I can't <laughs> wait to cover that stuff. There's so much underrated garbage that he just tried to recycle from WWF that just didn't fly. Like Ryan Shamrock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some would argue she's been recycled multiple times. Uh, yeah, probably. So, all right. After that bullshit happens. Uh, anyway, long story short, D'Lo stalked Mark Henry all the way to a strip club and tackled him in a love seat, and we cut the commercial. Back at the arena, back at the Legion of Doom, uh, Triple H and China are walking in the back. Double J comes through and shoves Triple H and takes a wild swing at China with his guitar, misses, breaks the guitar on the Zamboni. Break 10,000 guitars and draw a fucking dime. And officials swarm and, uh, you know, all the, you know, the interim refs pull them apart. I love the fact that Triple H just doesn't get involved with this story one bit. Um, and I'm actually legitimately saying that because it actually lends uh, a, a, a little shred of legitimacy to, like, China uh, being, like, a badass. 
where where Triple H yep. is like, yeah, she, she doesn't fucking need. Would, she doesn't. First of all, China doesn't need my help to fight. She definitely doesn't need my help to fight. Fucking Jeff Jarrett, are you kidding me? I'm not going to lower myself to punch that guy. He's half a woman. Um, not there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> Vince is readying himself in the back with Shane. <laughs> Shane takes off to the ring. Why these two didn't come to the ring together? I don't know. Story, plot device, convenience. Just so Vince could get locked in the locker room. That's why they share the same music. Maybe we wanted to hear that 15 times too. Um, anyway, China, Triple H cuts another promo in the ring. Christ, I feel that's all we're doing here. He is just everything. He is literally everything. Like I'm, I'm telling you, he's what did we watch four hours in the four hours of TV time. So. At no commercials were about three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. I'd say at least half, if not more. Oh, more. Was him. Definitely more. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, he says he's going to put Austin back on the cripple shelf and blah, 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 blah. Shane comes out. And then Vince's music, which is the same as Shane's plays. And we cut to the back, and there is a forklift shoved in front of the McMahon's locker room. And you hear Vince going, let me out. I have a match. God damn it. Keeps yelling outside the door. Um, Why wouldn't anybody help the owner of the company get out of his room? Because no one had a forklift license. Ah, OSHA. Gotcha. Yes. (sighs) Foiled by OSHA. And instead, we get Test. On, uh, Yay. Is, is his story over yet? <laughs> now, is he two different people? Is he Andrew in this match and Test in the other match? Is he two different characters? Um, that's a good question. I think he is Andrew in this one, actually, because he's fighting for the family. Yes. Who cares? Tess. Fa- <sighs> family business, Mike. Family business. Tess is out of his depths. <laughs> He's over his head in this one. Um, this, this, match, is a, this, this match, is match sucks. This match, match is sucks. dumb. Stupid. Jeff Jarrett comes to the ring. Fucking finally gets a piece of China. Triple H is now all by himself, and, and JR has the great line, Triple H is with all of his friends that he couldn't say pretty, goodbye to. That's, that's pretty solid. <laughs> Fucking JR is savage. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Um, three months later, got him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the slow build. You know, not only did he uh, burn a hole in his fucking stomach, he yeah. fucking broke his arm. But he got him back with that zinger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, He cuts deep. (sighs) Yeah. So. Somehow, somehow Triple H gets a chair. And destroys Test and Shane. Mm -hmm. Goes up the ramp. And I I don't necessarily. This is another thing I'm going to probably nitpick. The walking backwards up the ramp. I try to do that like normal everyday life, like when I'm at work or whatever. Yep. I try to walk backwards after I do something. I'm not coordinated enough to do it. It's tough. It's it's definitely a talent. Um, 
but it's also uh, such a such a dramatic trope. It's as if uh, if like people who have a conversation with Batman, and then all of a sudden they turn their back in the middle of a sentence to Batman and come back and he's gone. It's like, why would you ever turn your back to Batman? Because he's just going to run away. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, he's, he's walking up and Vince comes out and hits him with a chair because they finally found a licensed forklift operator to move the forklift from Vince's locker room door. Nobody wins the match, I think. You know who the real winner was? The great state of Jesus? Texas. <laughs> the great state of Texas. Yeah, there you go. Houston. <laughs> you know, the official the official decision was Shane and Test won by disqualification. I don't remember that being announced. Well, the referee was a scab, so we can't really go by any of these results. I mean, the Boss Man Hardcore Holly match had the Brooklyn Brawler as a ref. This one, Dr. Tom was coming back. Fucking Harvey Wimpleman was a referee tonight. Uh, that's it. So we had Tom Pritchard, Brooklyn Brawler, Harvey Wimpleman as referees on uh, this episode. Harvey. Uh, Harvey. The Rock bought me a truck. <laughs> For the gram. <clears throat> yeah. I want someone to buy me a car for fucking Instagram. Well, befriend the rock. I tried. You get many. No, it's you papers. don't. This it's podcast papers. proves the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> you want nobody in WWE to talk to you. <laughs> I'm, you want to know why I'm still snake bit that Stephanie never returned my letter about me asking her to the prom. My life would be so different right now. Speak of speaking of make a wish. <laughs> uh, I, right. You know what? I should have played that up a little bit. Probably. Man, I got a butterfly effect. This real quick. So that wraps up raw. <clears throat> Fast forward a few days, September twenty third, nineteen ninety nine, from Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, it's SmackDown. Uh, I just want to. Did you, do you have a? Uh, do you have the dark matches by any chance? Because one of them's really fucking weird. Uh, are you talking about uh, Stevie Richards versus Chaz? No, that one I understand. I'm talking about Chris Germany versus Kevin Northcutt. What the hell is? that <laughs> yeah what, what is a kevin northcutt what is a chris germany and by the way chris is spelled k-h-r-i-s because you know why do we spell things normal anymore in wwe everything's got a z or a k uh but chris germany <laughs> and kevin northcutt is his real name like phil spain and they just changed let's see if the internet has anything on chris germany kevin no. northcutt how about kevin no cut Hey, Bazinga. Uh, hey, Chris, let me tell Chris you. Hey. Nope, Chris Germany has always been Chris Germany. Uh, he's uh, he's a native Dallas Texan. Um, let's see. What his signature move. Manager of? <laughs> his <laughs> signature move is the hangover. Edgy. Yeah, uh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Is it though? Yeah. He. Um, 
he was trained by gentleman Chris Adams, who famously trained uh, Steve Austin. Did he fuck Chris Adams' wife, too? I'm pretty sure he did. Um, God she, bless. So, so did, you, did you watch this week's Dark Side of the Ring? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I'll... why that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> how, how incestuous is wrestling? You can't bring your wife or girlfriend like a hundred yards into... The, the whole well, okay, so, so the this week's uh, so it was Dark Side of the Ring Confidential, and it was a a re look back at the um, the Gorge Gino episode, and all I kept thinking um, because Steve Austin's first wife was in it, and it seems like she was banging everybody in the neighborhood because she was with Chris Adams at the time who trained Austin who clearly married her, but she was also with Gino and she never said she was with Gino, but she was over his house doing massive amounts of Coke way too often to not be banging each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, people mock Missy Hyatt for similar shit. This lady blossom was way worse. You know, you know, you know why nobody brings it up? Uh, because she didn't make a website about how much of a whore she is, and didn't write multiple books about being a whore in wrestling. Yeah. Also, probably didn't this is the first it. time I've ever heard this woman speak. <laughs> <laughs> now, did she do an interview from a Holiday Inn for twenty dollars and a six pack of Sprite? Uh, Holiday Inn, Paramus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, uh, Chris, Ad- Chris Adams knew all this was going on. Like, oh, he lived ultimate, next door. He's the ultimate cuck. He lived next door, literally. Fuck that. He, he he lost his testicles and numb. Yeah, we we spent way too much time on Chris Germany here. All right, <clears throat> let's get on to the show. Vince starts it off uh, calling out Triple H. Am I not correct? Is that how this one ep- this episode begins? Yes, he uh, he calls out Triple H, who's uh, who's ready to go with a bottle of water and uh, his uh, his his working gear on. No, is... no chaps, no leather, fucking button down, nothing. He's ready to go to work already. I wonder why. You know, I wish I wish uh, we could have got all this out of the way in the first segment, but we're gonna hear Triple H's theme song every. Three minutes on this show. Want to? Is this on? And he does the whole entrance. Like people that complain about Undertaker's extended WrestleMania entrances don't remember 1999 Triple H. His music was playing at nauseum throughout every goddamn show because he wouldn't come out once. He'd come out six times and do his full blown entrance every single time um this is just the first because now triple h has to fight all five men that are also in the six-pack challenge in order to keep his spot in the six-pack challenge otherwise his spot will revert to joey abs that's what i gathered from all this yeah (laughs) basically um so 
again, this is heel Vince doing face things that isn't working for me. Right. Did we also mention, I, 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 I don't know if we glossed over it, because I'm in a fucking Chris Germany K-hole right now. <laughs> uh, did we mention that uh, minus the hot dogs, Michael Hayes is doing commentary? Did we we hadn't that? yet, but SmackDown just started. And within three minutes, I was already screaming at my TV, would you shut up, guy? Like, I, I don't like Michael Hayes on commentary at all. No, no, he he needs to go back to doing cocaine, running around with Jimmy Garvin, eating hot dogs, and putting Confederate flag face paint on. I would have honestly, I think I would have liked it. A, like, I think that was my problem with it. Like, he because he's him, he has his voice, so it's the Michael Hayes voice. However, it's like. It's way too subdued and like matter of fact, like the shit I loved about Michael Hayes in our Black Scorpion series in the archives um, was that cocaine fueled wild fucking just running at the mouth bullshit. Um, This is very much like the way I described it off air was it sounds like uh, it sounds like clips from a video game. Like. It's almost as if you could hear someone pushing play and pause on Michael Michael Hayes's soundboard. It's like, and now here comes the big show. It's that weird cadence where it's like they're filling lines in. Like he he recorded, and now here comes. But because you might have chosen Big Show, or you might have chosen fucking Midian, or you might have chosen Joey Abs, he has to record all three. So they have to like splice the the video game in the moment has to splice it together type of thing so it sounds just a bit off and that's how his commentary sounded throughout this episode of smackdown um yeah it's 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 not great and it's way too sober like for michael hayes is what i feel yeah also i didn't realize because they didn't show him on commentary until about halfway through the show he's wearing the same gimmick he did for the when he was with the hardy boys so it's that tight velvet shirt with a fucking gold chain hanging out and his hair back in a ponytail. And I'm just like, you look like all the prick. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you brought in that video game analogy. Because I remember the WrestleMania arcade game on PlayStation. Okay. And McMahon was doing the voiceovers. And whenever you picked Ahmed Johnson in that game, it sounded like he was in the middle of fucking coming. You would hear the outtake of "fuck that guy." Uh, wait, what? <laughs> it was like, oh, Johnson. So, me, so I'd play the game and I would do the tag matches and I would have all four be Ahmed Johnson. Oh my god! <laughs> so I could hear Ahmed Johnson and Ahmed Johnson, Ahmed Johnson versus Ahmed Johnson and Ahmed Johnson. Oh god. Yeah. It's uh, it was a fun thing I did. I didn't have many friends. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's fine, man. We know you were just masturbating. It's it's. We all have our freaks. Um. <laughs> anyway, so Triple H is gonna have to run the gauntlet of his six pack challenge challengers, and we have The Rock in a Brahma bull rope match. We have a casket match against the Undertaker. We got a boiler room brawl match against Mankind. Inferno match against Kane. 
and a choke slam challenge against the big show. Cool. So here here's here's one thing with this, Mike. <laughs> so here's one thing with this, because every time that he announced McMahon announced he was gonna fight in one of these matches, Dude, they always matter, go, matter. Oh, oh, that that's his specialty. That's oh, his yeah, specialty. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. his specialty. <laughs> no, Kane, it's not Kane's specialty because Kane hasn't won a fucking inferno match ever. <laughs> I know. I okay. thought the same thing because they kept saying Michael Cole kept leaning into the Inferno match is Kane's specialty, and I couldn't stop thinking the same thing. I'm like, he's lost all of them. <laughs> Kane stinks at Inferno matches. <laughs> he's fighting the Rock in a Brahma bull rope match. I'm pretty sure the never, Rock has never been in one. <laughs> yeah, it's never happened before. To the point, I had to look it up. To make sure it's never happened, and they're claiming that this is his specialty. A match that has never happened in the history of ever. Is it's his specialty because they named it after his tattoo. <laughs> it's just it's it's go fuck yourself, UPN. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, choke slam challenge. Okay, that's that's a first. The, I think the board that's the, a spe- specialty. It's too. a specialty, it's a of course, it is. Uh, because it's his finisher, I guess. Uh, casket match, which we'll get to, is a jo- goddamn fiasco. Um, and the boiler and brawl had they done one before this? Yes, they've done they did the initial one at SummerSlam 96, they did another one at Backlash 99. Backlash, they, Backlash. Backlash. Joey Styles isn't good enough to call backlash. <laughs> Fuck you, Jr. <laughs> good old Joey. Every is time I hear, every time I hear backlash, I will think of Joey Styles. I'm quitting promo. Is Joey Styles? Is he selling collector coins at three in the morning <laughs> on uh, Cartoon Network? Backlash. <laughs> Fucking the disdain he had for backlash was outstanding. Just the disdain during that whole run, like he he, he just, hated he hated the fact he had to be there. Yeah, he just did not. He's he was like, please impact. Either that, or he's a me. fantastic actor who was playing. Yeah. who didn't want to be there because it was fucking Maybe. spot on. I believed every moment of it. Oh, um, sure. Has mankind won any boiler room brawls? Because I know he lost to the Big Show in one of them. He won the first one when uh, Paul Bearer turned on The Undertaker to okay. join him. I don't know if he won the second one. Let me uh, just... This is one of the few times I don't know something off the top of my head. So I remember um, uh, the one he did with The Big Show, which might have been at a WrestleMania or definitely a pay-per-view. And it was back, Backlash! Backlash! Fine. I, I knew I was walking into that one. Uh, after the match, uh, Big Show won that one, I believe. And Nope, Mankind well, did. Really? Yeah. Because all I remember was the post-match, like, not interview, but whatever it was, Mankind is just kind of milling around, battered to shit, and he just, I remember, I remember his voice vividly going, I don't ever want to wrestle the Big Show again. <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, that's how I would feel if I just went through what you went through. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think, I think there was maybe a rematch of it because I do remember that instance. 
So just to read the recap of Backlash 99. so beaten. <laughs> he, he goes, this, this is what happened after. He blinded the big show and then used a pole to land a low blow and buried the show underneath a pile of steel, steel pipes. Immediately after exiting the boiler room, Mankind was assaulted by the big boss man and test. <laughs> time, oh time is a flat circle. We are back with the boss man being involved. <laughs> All right. Well, match number one. Triple H versus the big show in a choke slam challenge. I think I might have blacked out watching this. I don't remember it at all. I think I might have just been so angry at Michael Hayes the whole time that I erased all of this from my memory. Well, you know who won? No. No? No, I Triple actually H. don't. Triple oh, H. did he? No, did he didn't. It was the big show. Okay. Because I, I know he I know he like surprisingly, it's a best of five series here. And yeah. and he and he goes uh two for two. Uh, or or whatever, fucking, he ties it up. Basically, it has to. Surprisingly, he gets all five matches in. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> who would Who would have thought? Who it's just like it? it's just like I mean, how many two out of three fall matches ended at two zero? I oh. not many, if any. Uh, but here's here's the thing that that really tick boils my onions uh, uh, about this. The the fact that he boiled onions. So it's I'm trying to articulate it in a way. Oh, articulation. <laughs> so you put him in a match he can't win, which I which I get and I understand. But the the after match shenanigans with this match, the after match shenanigans with the Kane match and all that, like we're just. There's too much Triple H on this show. And they're just pushing it further and further. He takes three choke slams in total yes. in this match. One to lose, and then two after. And then China's China Ference to to stop Big Show from delivering another devastating choke slam. Right. It's there's just too much pomp and circumstance after these matches. When you're already building the whole show around your main event at Unforgiven, there is just, again, this is just more burnout fallout from Russo and, and Ferraro with this. Right. But that, it's, it's, just, it's amazing how, especially in, the, in this week and the week before in the archives, um, I felt exactly the same way. Like SmackDown, you could feel the fatigue. You know, like Raw was, was in fourth gear fucking burning ass and then we get to SmackDown and it's like, all right, we're going to drop it down to second gear and just put Triple H in every fucking match. I just don't fucking care. He's going to come out anyway. You know, a, a couple times we'll have Jarrett run out. I don't, I don't care. Like that's how, that's how I kept feeling during SmackDown was, was someone in the back was literally saying, I don't give a shit. Just do something. Do something. <laughs> So you know who is going to do something? It's the refs. Be the Dud- <laughs> no, the Dudley boys are going to do something to the refs. <laughs> most notably, most notably to Teddy Long. Yeah. Uh, so the refs are on strike. 
they have traveled from Houston to Dallas on their own dime, apparently. And they are still in their same ref gear, which I always find hilarious. And they're outside the reunion arena picketing and the Dudleys beat the shit out of Teddy Long for really no fucking reason. Well, it's because the Dudleys hate Hayes, unions. They're union busters. <laughs> well, it's the Confederate flag, America. Mar- but it's as Michael Hayes so eloquently described, it's because Teddy Long and Farouk have a long-standing relationship, which the Dudleys, Dudleys know because they watched 1990 and 1991 WCW. What? Yeah. The Dudley boys, that? the Dudley boys are beating up the referee Teddy Long because he managed doom. It's in the archives, folks. We actually covered it in our Black Scorpion series. But really, is I, I missed that. Exp- Again, I think yeah. I was so... I think I missed like the front half of this episode because I was so angry at Michael Hayes' commentary. <laughs> and it was actually astute of Michael Hayes to bring that up. But And I'm surprised they actually talked about stuff that happened down south. But yeah, he was, he was also the manager of Ron Simmons when he won the world title from Vader. Um, not in our archives, but you can still go archives. listen to our archives. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for all right for uh, the, for the coked out Michael Hayes to have uh, an astute observation, uh, fair fucks to him. There you go. Um, European title match: Mark Henry versus uh, returning. Did you miss him? No, X Pac. Didn't know he was missing. Uh, you know, and- you know who did miss him the energy drink company because he is uh slugging that town gross fucking swill michael hayes i think even brings that up i i do remember someone on commentary being like what's that energy drink he's drinking and then nobody answered because i don't think anybody knew because it was a private sponsor of xbox (laughs) it was basically the guy paying his weed bill (laughs) um anyway I think it was like fucking Hardy's energy drink or some shit. <laughs> we we got the beef. No, wrong wrong company. No, it's actually the same company. They made an energy drink that killed X Pac. Okay, cool, great. <laughs> Most energy drinks do come with gasoline in it. Oh, fucking terrible. Um, D'Lo comes to do commentary because every match has a guest commentator because none of the actual wrestling matches have anything to do with the actual storylines. The commentator on this, this fucking shit's just confusing and exhausting. He, <laughs> I, I think he, I just he, I hit the wall. <laughs> d- d- I don't d- care. D'Lo's <laughs> coming out there swinging though. Like his way to the ring. He just oh. juking and jiving head bobbing and I couldn't care less. <laughs> He's the I real just, deal, though. This is so dumb. Like, horrible. I get it. We got to fill two hours. I, I, I'm, you know what? In, like, you just witnessed it live right here. I just understood Vince Russo. I don't give a shit. Send out D <laughs> Do Do you think he was just sitting there in Gorilla with his? Heads in his, his head in his hands, just like I don't care. I, I don't fucking I don't care. care. I don't. 
they built a strip club set for the last show. What more do you people want from me? <laughs> so I don't care. Oh, Xbox returning. Don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> What are we going to do here? Need... Send out Thilo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vince, we need two minutes of filler. I don't fucking know. Have Val Venus fuck a girl with nunchucks. I don't fucking care. Oh my god, I don't care. Do we have a bag of dicks? Give it to Val. I don't fucking care. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's the epitome of this match. <sighs> it, it, I don't fucking care. Uh, um, someone wins. Uh, do Is they? it X-Pac? Maybe. So, I don't know. I don't know. All I remember from this match... Is the post match smart? Oh, Mar- Mark Henry's counted out. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Okay, so so I do remember the match. Now, now, now that I read the result, I do remember what was happening because D'Lo on commentary w- w- was uh, hammering home his reason for fighting Mark Henry, which was that he was he's a friend who was trying to get his friend in shape. He was trying to feed him healthy, and Mark is out of shape. Is the crutch of this fucking storyline so D'Lo kept pointing out all the times that Mark was getting blown up in the match even though D'Lo kept calling it blowed up yes B-L-O-W apostrophe D up Um, and Mark gets knocked out to the floor and is so winded 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 (laughs) I seen it and so he can't get back in, misses the 10 count, and gets counted out for being fat. That's where we're going with this story. Uh, D'Lo whips his ass. Or no, D'Lo gets his ass whipped. Something happens. He does. Didn't care. Didn't matter. Moving on. Oh, when, when he got thrown, thrown, I'm using quotes, thrown, thrown into the ring post. Did he throw uh, at him? Th- threw down him. He thrown at him. Thrown at him. I didn't have sex with Katie. I filmed it in. <laughs> so, Lilo had sex with Katie. <laughs> Correction. I had sex with Katie. I had sex with Katie too, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark Henry allegedly th- throws D'Lo into the post. It's more like Mark Henry lightly tapped D'Lo and D'Lo ran into the fucking post. Oh, well, there's a lot of that going on. Okay, we'll, we'll get to the bullshit tapping and a man basically exploding in the Boiler and Brawl match. <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, moving on. Lillian. Lillian! She's falling down the stairs again! Uh, is uh, with Luna. And Luna talking, ah, hardcore. All right, Christ, you're scary. Moving on. Jeff Jarrett is with Kitty in the ring. No Deborah. And uh, he's talking, I mean, Jeff is just being awful. De- Deborah learned her lesson. It doesn't help. He has a southern accent. None of, none of this is helped by a southern accent. And Jeff has one. Um, so he's cutting a promo. And apparently... It was a, went on on Raw. Why am I doing JR? I was about to, a stage director. I just felt right. Uh, But no, uh, the stage director, which doesn't exist outside of this one specific promo, is outside the ring on camera telling Jeff to wrap it up. 
she happens to be a woman. <laughs> Gonna write that upbeat. Jeff starts berating her, calls her into the ring, tells her to pick up the papers and pick up the trash. Pick up the papers and the trash. Or Jeff Jarrett's going to whip your ass. Uh, and she does. Union rules be damned. This this stage director is also going to play janitor and pick up Jeff Jarrett's trash for him. Uh, as she's uh, doing that, he knocks her down, puts on a figure four, and... Charger comes out. Jeff Jarrett's the worst. <laughs> no, no, no. Jeff Jarrett's the best. He's doing his best work being the worst human being, especially in 2021, to look back on. <laughs> so, so, but pr- yes, prior, China prior, comes to the ring. Well, prior to all that, he had the one of the better lines of the night. He goes, Deborah's not here with her malnourished puppies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard that line, and that one doesn't compute. We've all seen them. They're very healthy. <laughs> I just wonder if the big boss man would kill those and feed them to El Snow. Big boss man's going to eat those puppies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, China comes to the ring, fucking hits him with a frying pan, and... Uh, Surprisingly, I don't know if um, I don't know if all of you have 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 learned this in in school or not. But if you get a frying pan flat on your back, like just below your shoulder blades, uh, you get knocked unconscious indefinitely. It's a fucking rule. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look it up, bitches. And she <laughs> she puts a frying pan in one hand. It looked like a soup ladle in the other. This is not a proper meal. And straps a apron over him, very much like he did to her about a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. And then proceeds to pull his pants off. And I'm just like, well, this is, I forgot about this. This is getting interesting. What's going to happen next? She's going to show him really who's, oh, no, she's going to put his pants on. Okay, moving on. Uh, So she straps on Jarrett's trunks. Uh, picks up the microphone and is like, yeah, on Sunday, I'm going to show you who wears the pants, bitch. I like it. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this China. <laughs> this is like, this is, she's doing great work. Uh, and he is like very hateable. So this whole story works for me like this. Despite the fact that, you know, it leads to Jarrett fucking off the WCW. Uh, like this is the main event of, of Unforgiven. I don't care what anybody's saying. Like literally, especially, uh, basically, especially because he's leaving the company because it requires China winning the title. This is the this is definitely the main event moment because six fucking guys in a schmoz of a main event. Nobody gives a shit, dude. Nobody cares. This is the main event. This is the best work on the TV shows at this time. It is funny that you say that because as they're building Unforgiven, they're trying to get all these other matches and whatnot. The main the event's too two confusing. Matches, the only two matches you care about uh, is the world title match because it's the world title match. Yeah. And China and Triple H. I'm not China and not Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. The other the other matches don't fucking matter. Like they're trying to get Shamrock and Jericho on that same level, but to me, Unforgiven is going to be a two match show. Yeah. 
and it's 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 funny. That's typical. That's typical Russo. Mm. And you know, we'll have a nine match pay per view, but only fucking two matches really fucking matter. Um, <sighs> Inferno match is up next. Oh, is it though? Not really. I mean, it looked cool. It, it was yeah. Visually, it was an enjoyable match. Uh, but if you if you know anything about Inferno matches, looking at the way the two participants addressed, you knew nobody was getting set on fire. Triple H is basically naked, and Kane has one sleeve off. And if you know anything, it's like Kane would put a second sleeve on uh, to get burnt, and nobody's getting burnt in this. And the end is, is kind of hilarious because. Um, Undertaker and the rest of his crew uh, drag out a dead X-Pac. Like, it looks like he took a shotgun to the face. He, it's, he's covered in blood and Mariana makeup. Um, Was Chaz behind this? I believe Chaz beat the shit out of X-Pac. That's the only explanation for bruising like that. <laughs> Chaz has the he's got the Thanos hand but he can't win a fucking singles match X-Pac was a victim of domestic violence Um, (laughs) Undertaker and and his guys were actually just trying to bring this to our attention they weren't being threatening we took it the wrong way we didn't listen and (laughs) and Kane jumps up on the ropes and jumps over the fire and uh, yada 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 he burns his hand. He burns his hand. Ugh. And he, he runs up the ramp with his hand ablaze mm-hmm. to help X-Pac. And <laughs> someone, someone comes up with a fire extinguisher to, to, undo his, to, to put the fire on his hand. And Kane just shoots him off. What the fuck are you doing? Well, dude, because the, the thing was he was supposed to pick up X-Pac. You can't do that if your hand's on fire, bro. <laughs> Especially with all that flammable energy drink all over. Uh... <laughs> you had all that flammable Hardy's goo all in your guts. <laughs> Maybe that's what caused all the bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> the body's convulsing. Hardy's <laughs> energy. It causes sores. <laughs> And you know what? That's why I bet Mark Henry turned on D'Lo. Because ah. he knew that energy drink he had with his baked potato and piece of broccoli <laughs> was actually gasoline. Thinking zombies. That's what that shit does. Um, oh, fucking Christ. Help me out here. Triple H is bleeding from the mouth. Is he? He is. But it's not <laughs> internal bleeding. Why is he bleeding from the mouth? I missed that I, part. I, I don't know, but he's bleeding from the mouth. I think uh, maybe there was a, an awry shot at that. Uh, SmackDown that is exhausting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For This is, uh, again, fuck you, UPN, for making making us fucking do, do this. <laughs> fucking Chasta McNasty, my balls. Chasta McNasty. Um, so let's see. Blah, 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 blah. I'm even like lost on my notes right now. Undertaker oh, so, quits. Oh, <laughs> oh, so, so yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But but Kane's backstage with X-Pac, not getting him medical attention. They're just in a fucking dark room, fucking, and he's pushing lockers while he's crying about fucking Sean being hurt. Sean. 
<laughs> no, that that sounds like Sonny. <laughs> they're like, are we still doing this? He's pushing markers. Didn't, like, didn't get, the five get weeks a... off get us away from the X-Pac Kane bullshit? Get, Nobody get cares. Nobody cares. It's his friend. Nobody cares. Monsters don't have friends. <laughs> but they're not friends because X-Pac told him to go fuck himself two weeks ago. Whores ain't got no friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Get X-Pac a napkin. He is, He's he a is leaking. He's he is gross. leaky. Get him some Bengay and Pepto Bismol. This motherfucker's sick. <laughs> That's how they just again. We talked about it last week. This is just how they handled the injured wrestlers back in this era. Just go to dark room for a while. <laughs> You'll eventually stop bleeding. His brains are scrambled. Put him to sleep. <laughs> Here's a pack of Jello and some goldfish. <laughs> That's actually oh. just his brain. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an ace bandage for three dollars. We'll see you in Topeka. <laughs> Here, here's an ice pack, ace bandage to your head. You got five hundred miles to drive. You better not be late. <laughs> it's funny. I don't see that on the ride alongs in there. No, no. no. Dark side of the ring, the real ride along. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 why did you get into a car crash? I don't know. I was swallowing my tongue. On the- <laughs> because I was given an ice pack and a gram of cocaine and told to be in Topeka in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in Pittsburgh. I know, right? <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Wrestling. Anyway, Undertaker quits. Uh, Like, just straight up is like, I'm done. I I have gotten you all the way to your go-home show for your pay-per-view. I'm not going to show up at the pay-per-view. I'm going home. I don't want to do this anymore. My hip is literally grinding into itself. (laughs) Um, I like the I like the interaction with him and Vince because Vince is like, if you're not in this match, you're not wrestling it. And Unforgiving Undertaker goes, "Fuck you." It is okay. So, so this for for reference sake to call it back to earlier, uh, this is Undertaker calling Vince's punk card. It's basically kind of calling a bluff. Uh, so Vince, yes, Vince says to him, uh, if, if you don't participate in the casket, because Undertaker's like, I'm not wrestling in a casket match. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to participate. Nobody can tell me what to do. Even you, Mr. Signing My Paycheck Boss. And Vince is like, well, fuck you. If you don't, fuck you about it. If you don't take part in the casket match, you're not going to take part in the pay-per-view. And Undertaker's like, good. I wasn't going to take part. Have you been watching your show? I've said at ringside every match I've been scheduled in and done poor commentary. I'm out this bitch and then going home. And that's what he does. He fucks right off. And uh, he actually fucks off for like till American Badass, right? Yeah, he's gone till like, he's May done. of 2000. He's, he's done. done. We don't. Now, do we ever see him on this series again? No. We don't, get, we don't get to his return. 
This is uh, this is the end of the Undertaker. As the as, end is near. Yeah, leave the memories alone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I will miss him. I will. I will miss uh, miserable Undertaker. I just hope for the uh, rest of my existence I can carry on the legacy <laughs> of miserable ninety nine Undertaker. Of fall of ninety nine Undertaker. <laughs> he, he he told he tells Vince to go get a shine box. He literally did. It was fucking amazing. And it wasn't even meant to be like how it was, but you could just see like, he just was like, I don't even want to talk to you. (laughs) You're not going to be in the pay-per-view. No, sir. I'm not going to be in your company anymore. (laughs) I hold all the cards now. We're out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so after, uh, after that breakup of, uh, Mark and Vince, uh, the rock comes to the ring and does about 45 minutes on the Stanley cup. Cause apparently this was the year the Dallas stars won. So Mike Mondano and Brett Hull were in the front row. And The Rock basically has a personal conversation with them on national television. (laughs) He just, it's dumb and way too local for UPN. Like, what part of this was like, yeah, that's relatable. The, The Rock is having a Dallas conversation on a national television show. Anyway. Well. He, he did at least ask for permission to uh, borrow the Stanley Cup. Um, want to know what he wanted to do with the Stanley Cup? I know you're going to find this hard to believe. Mm. Um, he wanted to uh, shine it up real nice. Shocking. Turn it sideways. Uh-huh. And uh, he was going to stick it straight up Triple H's ass. Ah, uh, Stanley Cup's been through worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you have 14-year-old Swedish women pissing in it, I I think it's seen some different different things. You all might have Googled some other video, but I've seen the real Two Girls, One Cup. Hey, now! <laughs> how, how is it that a sports trophy is just like a sex toy? Because they let these fucking Neanderthals pass it around for a year. <laughs> it is unbelievable. That thing has had more bodily fluid inside uh, of it. The Stanley Cup is Missy gross. Hyatt. They gotta bleach that shit daily. <laughs> it is gross. People, you know, whatever her name is, was all pissed off at Tom Brady t- chucking a trophy from boat to boat in Florida, and all of us hockey fans are just like, you have no idea. The disgrace Stanley's Cup has seen. <laughs> if if the Stanley Cup was a woman, she would have twelve kids. It's like th- th- like that was the funny part about the the Tom Brady thing. It's like, and, and th- they've done that. Like it's football fans are fucking weird about that trophy. Like I remember uh, the last time the Patriots won, and Gronk dropped and dented it. People, oh my god, he dented it. I'm like, yeah, but they make a new one of those every year. The Stanley Cup is the Stanley Cup. It's got so many fucking dents in it. It's like like that shit is dented day one. <laughs> oh no, he dented it. But they're gonna make a new one next year. The the Stanley Cup is the Stanley Cup. It's the same fucking thing. I know they got three of them, but whatever. 
Yeah. Weirdo. That thing's got that thing's got more divots in it than my ass cheek. And we're back. All right. <laughs> Speaking of ass cheek, Nick Foley comes to the ring. Yep. Speaking of tented asses. <laughs> Mick in his best pair of sweatpants strolls on down to the ring. And <clears throat> And then we get the returning road dog. Again, a lot of returns that we didn't know were missing. Uh, road dog says nobody wants to see a Brahma bull rope match. Nobody wants to see a boiler room match. Despite the fact, don't worry, folks, we are going to see both those matches. Um, road dog says you, you got the tag team titles and I know something about tag team titles. And it goes on for a while just to get Mr. Ass to come out. And here we are. And they're back. And despite the fact that Billy Gunn comes out, despite the fact that everyone's smiling, despite the fact that Michael Hayes is screaming, oh, they're back together. Michael Cole still sits there being like, are they back together? Yeah, guy, they're hugging. (laughs) (laughs) There's no deception here. These two like each other. <laughs> and Michael Cole was very concerned about this in the in the four and a half minutes of this match. He must have asked at least four times who asked who to get back together. Where Michael Hayes replies with, I don't know. I'm not a cop. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Michael Hayes had a flashback to his divorce hearing. <laughs> He's probably sitting there reminiscing about eating a hot dog in Hollywood. (laughs) Where is Jimmy Garvin? I don't know. I'm not a cop. I didn't kill him. (laughs) He's He's not chopped off in the back of my rental car. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. This was a convenient plot device to get the tag team titles off of Rock and Mankind because nobody wanted that going forward. Um, and we needed a tag team title match at the pay-per-view and they're involved in the other main event. Um, so New Age Outlaws win the titles for the fourth time. Uh, yeah. Get their shtick going. Um we I do didn't s- realize how much I did not miss the Rotok. Until you realized that he was missing? It just them back and them winning the titles and the annoying thing after and all the fucking piss ants in the fucking crowd singing along. Well, Billy Gunn's a face again, so that's nice to know. I have such, I have such regret because I used to be one of those fucking tool bags fucking si- singing along with, with, with the Rotok. It's what you I, did. But I feel dirty like That's watching what, it it's, now. It's what you did. Look, I feel dirty. Dirty. We've we've all stuck our nipples against the glass. It's, it's a thing. What? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of nipples. Vince uh, is in the back talking to Midian and Viscera uh, about taking the Undertaker's spot in a, in the casket match, but this time it's going to be a handicap casket match, and you two are going to get in there and fuck them. Anyway, it's very confusing because everyone involved is a heel. 
Um, but Vince is not, which is even more confusing. Um, but whatever. China's trying to calm down Triple H. Uh, but he's not, I'm not going to give up. I'm on my title back in my, my, my friends. He's still in that mode. Like, right, cool. <laughs> I, I want my title so I can call my friends so I can <laughs> say goodbye to them. <laughs> he needs, he, he, someone honestly give him a prepaid calling card. He should have grabbed <laughs> it from the undertaker on his way out. Cause <laughs> undertaker never has loose change on him to use the payphone to call uh, Billy his little fucking his fourth kid. So we get a uh, we get Midian Viscera versus Triple H in a handicap casket match. Fast forward this one, uh, Triple H gets Midian in the casket, closes the lid, false finish. Shane McMahon comes out and says, "Oh no 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 <laughs> no." Oh. <laughs> Put them both in there, and we all know where this is going. You're not fitting. <laughs> you had a hard time fitting one of those fat bastards in a co- coffin. You're not getting both of them in. That's 700 pounds of person getting shoved into a 200-pound box. It ain't fucking happening. Um, <laughs> not only do you need to get both in, they have to go ass to mouth. <laughs> literally, literally is basically what he said. Um, so anyway, fast forward. And Triple H is put in the coffin, and that match is over. Shocking. <sighs> Jesus. This means, show this is means exhausting. Triple H. This, this means Triple H has to run the table in his last two matches. Yeah, cool. Uh, Ivory's with Lillian. <laughs> super calm. Like, su- super good promo by Ivory. I'm just going to keep moving on because. We've been doing this too long. No, I'm exhausted already. Um, super good promo by Ivory. Uh, very calm, very uh, deliberate with her speaking, uh, putting over the uh, the women's title and what it means to her and blah, 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 blah. And how uh, she's accepting Luna's hardcore challenge at the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a solid promo. By Ivory. It was a face. It was a face promo, though, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. So she talked about the title and the honor and the prestige and all all that. So it was yeah, just. But, it was weird that it was a face promo from her. Well, it was nobody's going cheer for Luna. Yeah, but she's the heel here. I mean, at least give people a reason to maybe cheer for Luna. Bro, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, it, the, it's a prop. The fucking title is a prop, bro. It doesn't matter. Make her go out there. Nobody's cheering for Luna. Ivory. Space. Well, speaking of props, uh-huh. the Hollies are coming to the ring now. God love them. With the scale. <laughs> fucking scale. Nope, they're not even using it anymore. <laughs> Poor Crash has to carry that heavy. That's all I was thinking. They're not using the thing, but ca- Crash has to carry that heavy sh- piece of shit to the ring every night. Um, that's funny. I think that's how the big show felt with me with the Undertaker. <laughs> well done, Rich. Well done. <laughs> Uh, but he calls out Al Snow for a hardcore title match. Uh, uh, 
Does Hardcore Holly win this? I don't know what happens. But I don't I either. know what happens. The big boss man gets the Rottweilers in a car. Oh, he was he was being a horrible human being to those dogs. Like you, you oh ever seen God. that stupid kid at a goddamn mall pet shop slapping the glass and raging all those drugged out dogs? That's what he was doing. Yay, so bad! Bang, 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 bang. Yay, so bad! Bang, 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 bang. And of course, we cut back and classic WWF. Nobody's worried about the animals' well-being. They're just like, where are the trainers? Nobody cares. <laughs> Fucking Sarah McLaughlin is pissed. Ooh, in the <laughs> eyes of a boss man. <laughs> For seven cents a day, you can Gay be so bad. Sure the... <laughs> 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 I, can't, I can't even get it out. I can't even get it out. Keep Don't going. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> boss man comes down and uh, knocks out Hardcore Holly and then... Uh, Force feeds Al Snow a can of fucking dog food <laughs> after hitting him that's with a working. Then that's working dog food too. Oh, okay, working dog food. Yeah. So that's so that's a good stuff. There's a there's an Alpo. Maybe put some of JR barbecue sauce on that motherfucker. Um, yeah, he had also had a dog chain, and Michael Cole was wildly confused, shocking. Like that has been that guy's shtick for like thirty years. What's happening? My God, you've what had is this? You've had a career off of what's happening. Who's that? Where are we? It's just uh, somebody needs to check his brain because I think he's I think he's got concussions every week. Where are we? Who's this? Who who are you? Who are you? Who is this? What's that? What's that music? <laughs> Did I just die? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole is way too young to have Alzheimer's. <laughs> Seriously. Um, anyway. Boiler Room Brawl match. Triple H and Mankind. Triple H is getting the rundown from Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, basically, he's explaining it to him on the fly. So, you know, first one got to come out of the boiler room as soon as you close the door is the winner, right? All right, cool. Where's Mankind? Now, Dr. Tom says Mankind's already in there, but because the cameraman was out of position, we could clearly see mankind standing in the boiler room waiting for him, like just kind of leaning up against the post. <laughs> anyway, I would I have, I would have much, I would have much preferred because Doctor Tom said, "Once I close the door, the match begins. The only way out is to open the door." I would have loved if, as soon as he closed the door, Triple H just opens it. Well, I think that's what the plan was. Uh, because that that's what that's what Triple H's back and forth with Tom Pritchard was alluding to that once you close this door, the next person to open the door wins. And he's like, yes. So I alluded to the fact that Triple H was playing to just step in, let the door close, and step out. Um, but they didn't set up mankind, and mankind was way too far into the boiler room because it was like. Triple H turns around and remember that scene in Monty Python and Holy Grail when John Cleese is like running at the castle from like a mile away and they just keep cutting to the same clip of him staying way too far away. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. And the two guards are just watching. Like, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And then, like an hour later, he pops into frame. Ha ha! Zap! <laughs> Killed him. 
that's kind of how this felt. Mankind was way too deep in the boiler room uh, for this to be like, oh, my God, he's right there. Uh, but anyway, uh, they brawl around. It's a boiler room brawl type of gimmick. And Mankind, at a certain point, climbs up to this uh, higher catwalky type area. And he's alluding to the fact that he's going to jump off He's not going to ever make it like where Triple H was positioned. There's zero chance of mankind making that jump, but never not to worry, not to worry, because mankind gets distracted while he's up there and turns around and there's a pipe that kind of comes in, makes the most gentle of contact with Mick Foley and Mick just dives off the thing into a table. It was weak ass shit. Michael Cole tried, uh, not Michael Cole, uh, Michael Hayes tried selling it. He's like, who pushed him? Did you see that? Did you see that pipe? That pipe pushed him. Who pushed him? And I'm just like, that pipe did nothing because Mick took two solid steps after the pipe touched him and dove into the table. It was kind of like Keenan fucking calling the the uh, barbershop segment. It's like, Janetti dove through that window. <laughs> it's like, that's how I felt, too. <laughs> I I feel like it was a stunt double. Oh, it absolutely was not. No. You don't think so? Because no. they never gave any close-up shots after. after... No, I think it was just a poorly shot fucking segment. It was, it was a poorly executed and poorly shot segment. Hold on. Uh, you're telling me something on UPN? Yeah. Was Homo, Shasta, McNasty, and Moesha. I will not let you talk Which, negatively. the good name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is someone's daughter. <laughs> I, I am sorry to the entire uh, family of, of UPNs. Uh, but yeah, that was shit. One um, else was shit? No fucking promo with the bulldog and Vince after this match. Yeah, the bulldog is just laying turds in his return here. Also, he doesn't seem to have a good clue as to when he returned because he says January and then he (laughs) says July. I told you back in January I wanted the title. I told you in July I wanted the title. What? When? When? Because he came back like two weeks ago. And we're in September, by the way. I get, I guarantee you, they probably shot that maybe 30 times. And he just to... fucked it up every single time. And they're like, fuck it, fine. January. Fuck it. It's the best we got. No, again, Russo sitting back on, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody, no one no... understands what you're saying anyway. You're fucking... no, one, no one cares. Also, why are your, your jeans tucked into your socks, pal? What? What what is that? <laughs> is this, he is, is this an so sweaty. <laughs> he is so sweaty. Oh yeah, he's like omega sweaty. He's like, bursting at the seams. It's ridiculous. Like the amount of sweat and spray tan. So like, I'm, su- I'm surprised the chair didn't have like a fucking wet spot after he got up. So Davey uh, demands a title shot, as Vince promised him. Uh, Vince, you know, is, is playing along. But since The Undertaker quit earlier in the night, fuck it. Let's put the bulldog in this six-pack thing. 
Uh, so he does. And Davey's like, all right, and I'm going to be the referee of tonight's match. Vince's like, what? No, no, I actually didn't understand what you just said. <laughs> uh, yeah, Davey just kind of appoints himself referee of uh, The Rock and Triple H's. Huh? I think he's trying to say Brahma Bull Road match, but he can't say Brahma Bull. Oh, don't worry about it. He's English. Oh, okay, good. Moving on. <laughs> so after that fiasco, we got a little bit of a first blood match here between Y2J and Shamrock. Again, <laughs> everything was great until the finish. It was perfect. Jericho coming out in the full-blown hockey uniform with his little ponytail sticking out of the top of the helmet. All of it was pristine heel Jericho shit. I was loving it. And he took an ass whipping from Shamrock, which was great. And then, and also delivered a hell of a fucking top rope splash in full hockey gear. Like no fucks aside. That was a picture. Perfect top rope splash. Um, he gets up and before Jericho was even on his feet, the bell had already rung and we were already moving on to the next segment. And I was kind of with everybody, everybody else, including the commentators going like, what, what just happened? Because the camera hadn't shown Shamrock bleeding from the mouth or I guess internally coming out of the external uh, porthole of his mouth, whatever. The mm-hmm. camera hadn't shown Shamrock bleeding yet, but the match was already over. So to the viewing public, wildly confusing, botched camera move. Um, but yeah, Shamrock internal bleeding. He's had rim injuries. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. But you just you wonder you... who else didn't care. Mm. Wonder who else didn't care. Mm. Michael Hayes, because during this whole match, he I guess he just realized that Austin was going to be the referee because it's all he fucking talked about. He, he was excessively talking about it during a match that had no bearing on the other match. He, t- he talked about Harvey Whippleman not having control, but this Sunday, Stone Cold will. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Cool. <laughs> Get this man a hot dog and an eight ball. Um, yeah. So you mentioned uh, that, that this is the last we see of Shamrock? Yes. This is his last WWF televised appearance. Right here. Right here. He doesn't make it to the pay-per-view. Does not make it to the pay-per-view. Do you have a story behind that? No. Fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to research it for next week since we're doing the pay-per-view next week. Oh, I, uh, all right. Well, don't, don't tee me up like that, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will tell you what happens. We have a uh, certain toothpick taking his spot against Y2J. Ryan Shamrock? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Well, many yeah, wrestlers uh, have had them in her mouth. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> main event time. Rock and Triple H in a Brahma bull rope match with the British Bulldog and his terrible theme music as the fucking special guest referee. Holy shit. I don't know what's worse. His uh, fashion choice of jeans tucked into white socks, tucked into black combat boots, or his 
theme music, which is generic. Like, why did we get rid of just his regular fucking theme music? Like the, the, I don't know what it's called, but that English music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. Every movie that ever goes to London plays that goddamn music. Um, I know uh, Meghan Markle loves that song. Apparently. Yeah. Hates tunnels. <laughs> but but uh, uh, music was terrible. And the socks were horrendous. Like, every part of this repackaged bulldog stinks. I feel like they mispackaged it. Here's the thing. <laughs> because, um, so, I don't know if they've had a second episode of this show. Uh, but like after the Royal Rumble, they premiered the uh, Yokozuna episode of WWE Icons. Did you watch that? The Yoko I did. story. I did. It was very well done. It was very well done. It's basically um, they keep repackaging their documentaries. I think they're just trying to put more documentary because they're all the same fucking thing. It's WWE 24. It's WWE 360. It's WWE, whatever. It's all the same gimmick. It's a fucking documentary on these people. But anyway, no, I digress. The bulldog has one, one of these icons, and and his his daughter has been posting on Instagram about like some of the behind the scenes stuff about them filming with the family and stuff like that. My question is, do you think they're going to include this run from '99 in the icon series? Will they? No. Should <laughs> they? Should they? Yes. They should. They absolutely Those... should because. Because you're you're right about his theme music, and I think as a public service, I think next week we should have that as our intro music, uh, nice. our lead-in music um, for next week's episode. But uh, the between the theme music and the the marbles in the mouth and the the uncomfortableness of his fashion, I mean, he had the pea, the pea green fucking suit with the with the horrible collar, and now he's tucking his, his his pants and his socks with the shoes and he's got a fucking spray tan and sweat everywhere like i feel like he just got handed a bindle and like was like you know what you're just gonna travel on your own like you're an american tale <laughs> a bindle uh he also has a heel turn i guess so that happens um because this brahma bull rope match uh or Brahma Bull, yeah, Brahma Bull. They call it rope or strap because it was definitely a strap. I think it was a Brahma Bull rope strap match. So ah. they combined one. See, here's the little known thing about Brahma Bulls: you can't just tie them up with rope. So you have to use a strap uh-huh. and a rope. Also, uh, cl- uh, speaking of classic Russo, uh, most strap matches, you need to drag your opponent around the ring and tag the four corners. Russo, bro, fuck all that. We're, have, we're just going to have them brawl tied to each other and then a regular finish um, because that's how it ends. Uh, Bulldog clotheslines Rock, picks up Rock. Triple H pulls the strap off, so that's just not important to the match, I guess. And Bulldog power slams Rock with his uh, patented bulldog running power slam and uh triple h gets the win so triple h is in the main event of uh unforgiven he survives the gauntlet 
because they let him. Also true. <laughs> and what that a, what is that? <laughs> what a wet fart of a heel turn. Yeah, that, that well, wasn't he already heel anyway? Was he? I no, because he helped Al that's Snow. Right, in the he helped Al Snow. That's right, he helped Snow. But did anyone give a shit? No. no well, I mean, we talked. We we said it. The the packaging was terrible with Bulldog. Like, like from start to finish, this has not made any sense. His motivations have been all over the place. Um, they interjected him into the boss man Al Snow thing simply because his name is is the name of a dog. And they were in a dog feud, so we might as well put this dog in this fucking bulldog, dog, pepper. Uh, okay, good. That makes, bro, that makes sense. We'll put him in there. But no, his intentions are actually for the world title, but he's definitely not in the world title picture. They don't want him feuding with Triple H because the one they did in 97 was a fucking fiasco. And, but he's, in, he's insistent that Vince in January or July, one of the two, told him that he could have a title match. Vince just got you know got quit on by the Undertaker, so he's now inhabited the Undertaker's soul because that's how that works. And now he doesn't give a shit about anything, and he's just like, "Yeah, you go and do you, pal. You'll, you're in the main event. You're the special guest referee. Your jeans are tucked into your socks. That collar is ridiculous. Go. Here's some bad music to play." Um, yeah, the packaging was all wrong with Bulldog. Uh, it just it really really was. Um, I feel like we went to the supermarket. We picked up a nice, nice thick pack of 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 uh, brown sugar ham. We're going ready. Open it up, make a sandwich. We open it up. It's just two month old liverwurst. God damn it! God damn it, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should have just been putting the. European title feud with D'Lo and Mark Henry and giving a little spice to that because that's where he belongs in this show. Because putting him in like, like, let's be honest, the the British Bulldog coming back in 1999 wasn't like main event worthy. Like the, the audience was like, oh my God, the British Bulldog's back. I can't wait for him to be in the main event. Like, I think of all the things he can wrestle Austin and the like, nobody was being like that. But if they like just, or if they kept him in the boss man, Al snow feud, just kept him there. Maybe had him do that bit. Fine. I don't know. It, it was just, it was, it, it, I don't care enough to armchair book the, the bulldog right now. <laughs> Yeah. They they could have just had him be the one that was chopped off, chopped up and fed to Al Snow. <laughs> what a swerve, bro. What a swerve. Yeah, I, he, they should have just brought him in straight up as a heel. Just straight up. And then see what happens from there. Because yeah. he could have feuded with The Rock, which he's going to do anyway. Just, they could have just did something like that from Joe. Because The Rock needed an in-between. Because he can't fight fucking Helmsley every week. This, this was <laughs> you say that. <laughs> well, it just it was it was bad all the way around. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and the theme music sucked, and he it's sucks. Terrible. Awful. So that will do it for another week of two guys watching wrestling. Uh, Nightsticks and coffins. Big boss man's naughty. Nineteen ninety nine. Coming up next week, Unforgiven. If I'm not mistaken, right? We're just doing that. 
It is, yes. All right. Unforgiven, 1999. Rich, do the social media plugs for me. All right. Facebook.com or uh, www.facebook.com slash two guys watching wrestling. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a share. We're closing in on 300 people uh, liking the page. I'll tell you, I appreciate the support. I know Mike does too. So keep keep smashing that like button, bro. And uh, on the Bluebird, if you have the app, you gotta you gotta press the Bluebird. It's gonna get you on Twitter. When you're on Twitter, you're gonna search Two Guys Russell Pod at Two Guys Russell Pod. It's a hashtag two. Uh, was it two GWW? <laughs> I can't spell. But either way, give us give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a retweet. Give us a Bitcoin. Give us fair change. Whatever you got to do. We need attention. Help us. God bless. And, of course, you can subscribe to the show on any and all podcasting apps. Rate, review, uh, push all the buttons. And we'll see you back here next week for Unforgiven 1999 on Two Guys Watching Wrestling.